Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's kind of weird when you get in here because it's like little like closed accountants boxes. Yeah. And like all other kind of stuff in here. And Last time I was in a room like this, it was for bad things. It was a detective on the other side. <laughs> really? <laughs> it is. It's like an interrogation interrogation room. Yeah. Here. So we come in here. We have our friends stop by. We just hang out. We try to talk about living a life that's connected by water. So yeah. we certainly do. So um, we're joined today. We're rolling. We're rolling. We're good. So we're joined today. Thank you for coming by. Appreciate it. Mike Lipsky from uh, Real Deal Bait and Tackle, owner and entrepreneur. Try to be. Yeah. Right. So I can relate. Yep. It's like we're both self-made men here. And we're opening our own businesses and following our own paths. So yeah, exactly. Kind of want to get a little bit into that today. But first, I want to say welcome to Connected by Water, presented by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. I just bought a Ram from him. Yes, you did. I did. Right? So you are a friend of the dealership, oh, yeah. as are we. So um, so I want to give a shout out to Joey Cardi and all the fine people down there, all the fine people in sales and service. Um, listen, go there, buy a truck, go there, buy a Jeep. My experience was right? awesome with them. Quick, easy, no back and forth. They got it dialed in. It's it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and they got a great selection of vehicles right now. They have some great deals going on. John will probably throw some stuff up there with what their current deals are, and um, you know, go see my man Dean. Yep. Tell him I sent you. He'll hook you up and give you the best price possible. Yeah, it was. Sure. Uh, they were the only one that had the truck I wanted in. Yeah, and it was. I was in and out in like two hours. Yeah, that's the thing. They're quick. It was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hate car shopping, but they made it easy. You know, that's the thing. It's like, and I could never be one myself. Like, I really don't like car salesmen. If you're a car salesman out there and you're listening to this, I apologize. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, really, like, that whole process, I just dread. And it's just, they make it really easy. It's, uh, it's never gotten better either. It's always the same. Yeah. They know you're in need. Like, they know you need a new car. Mm -hmm. It's just who you're going to choose. So, 
And nowadays, I think with the internet, people are more honed in on exactly what they want before they even walk through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, know. Yeah, and they they can tell that. Yeah, they're vultures. It's yeah, you know, and and then you're their buddy, and it's the deal's just for you, and you know I don't do this everybody's for anybody a buddy. else. Yep. Yeah, but I guess they're just trying to make a living, so I can't really knock them too hard. You can tell which ones hustle, which ones do it the right yeah. way. But Joey's got his crew dialed in, man. That that's for sure. They, they, they do it right. They do it respectful. So, yep. um, I also want to promote a couple of things before we get started. Obviously, go to connectedbywater.com. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. You find out about all the custom apparel that we do for you, but also um, check out our straw hats. That's one of the things that we got that's new that everybody loves, and you know we've been selling them like hotcakes. So we need to sell um, those a real deal. Yeah, we're running low. Uh, we're getting a new batch in soon. Um, yeah, again, those supply chain things we were talking about earlier, but yeah, <laughs> we got a few. If you want to grab a few with you, throw them in the store. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And then the other thing I wanted to promote today was um, our the fine men and women are very good friends of the studio from Fishing for Muscular Dystrophy, um, the FFMD. Um, again, John's going to throw some stuff up on the screen so I don't get it wrong, but we are raffling off um, a bay boat from Everglades, um, a Ford Tremor. And a um, a golf cart. So sure. they, it's a. I think more importantly, what some people forget about with those raffles is they get in, they want to win a boat, but you're donating to the cause. So that's your first. Cause. That's the first yeah. part. And then if you win a boat and everything else, it's great. But that's why I get it. I've got it in every one of theirs for the last. I don't even yeah. know how many years. I mean, who cares if you win the boat? You know, it's, not about that's, that. it's really not about that. You know, and your your generous donations. There's five thousand or whatever tickets sold. You know, you have a one in five thousand chance. Don't get in it if you're just trying to win. Yeah, get in it for the cause. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. So please support fishing from muscular dystrophy. They're huge friends of the studio, um, and also. Um, you know, other friends of the studio, FFO, obviously, is another organization we support. Everything that they do uh, for the veterans. And um, also, that segues us into lastmangoboatworks.com. Awesome. Uh, go buy from Last Mango Boatworks. We've got some custom art we did for them up on the site. But, again, 100% of the profits of that site goes to charity, some singing for change, and the Freedom Fighter Outdoors. So, all right, we've set our piece there. Yeah, I fished that tournament, the last one, the offshore one. Then I donated some some bait for their... Everglades one, I couldn't make that one right after. So it's yeah, it's, a, it's just a five star event. Yeah, you go to those events and you really, I mean, it really makes a difference in these guys' lives. I mean, it, it it's so meaningful when you actually go there and me. meet everyone. Like yeah. when they were hugging me, like thank you for this. They actually one of them turned into a customer afterwards. He bought a big fifty wide from me. Oh really? Uh, yeah, it was great. But um, you could see it in these guys' eyes. This is just to be back and doing something like this. There's nothing like it. Yeah, it's really cool, man. They, they, you get to know them, and that's the best part, you know. And and when you get involved with an organization like that, with Freedom Fighter Outdoors specifically, and um, they're just good guys. I just know? for me, it's all the vets. You know, yeah. my dad was in the army, and then those guys, you could just like truly see it, just how grateful they are for being yeah. able. You know, not everybody gets to go out on a thirty nine CV or a forty two Freeman or right. a Big Merit, and this gives them the opportunity to do it. And yep. It's pretty amazing. And even the bass event, too. Bass event's really cool. Yeah, you, not everyone gets to go, like, full on, like, on a you know, tricked-out bass boat out in the Fish Everglades. Fish in the Everglades. Yeah, you know, it's a premier, premier thing, too. So, and a shout-out to Jose Carbonell, who runs that freshwater program. It's awesome. So, tell me a little bit about, all right, I know we want to talk about all the cool stuff at Real Deal Tackle. We're going to fit all that in today. But one of the things that I was curious about, because 
your story almost reminds me a little bit of my story, just basically saying life as I know it goes away. away. And then you start your own business and which is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And, um, take me through a little bit of that process. Yeah. So, um, you know, I spent, uh, age 18, I entered the corporate world, uh, selling consumer electronics into big box retail stores, Amazon, Walmart, Best Mm -hmm. Buy, you know, all your big monster chains. I worked for Sony PlayStation. I worked for Dell. I worked for HP. I lived the corporate life for almost 20 years. Uh, became a single dad in 2012. Uh, I've flown over 1.5 million miles on American Airlines. Wow. Uh, million mile marker club, mile high club too. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so I was gone a lot. I was on the road 200 days a year. And then mm-hmm. when I mixed in being a single dad with that, having 50% custody of my son, I was missing even more days working and traveling. And I got sick of it and obviously loved fishing and um, thought of a business that I can get into that would allow me to stay local and not have to travel. And a buddy of mine opened up a bait shop down in Hialeah and went down and saw him. And he's a live bait store, particularly at this time. Uh And I'd go in and every time I went in, he's smiling, he's happy, he's dressed in shorts and flip flops. And I'm like, man, dude, you're living the life. He's like, but I am broke as hell. I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. You're happy. You know, money will come later, you know? And, um, it was seeing that that said, man, this is, I want to try this. And, um, I still had a job at the time. I was working for a big $7 billion distribution company out of, out of uh, Pennsylvania. I was the Southeast regional rep. So I worked from home. It's like, I could open a store and just kind of like move my office mm-hmm. into the corner of the store and do both. Cause you're not going to be busy in the beginning who are, nobody is. Right. So I did that. And three months later I put my resignation and I didn't think it'd be that quick. But from the day we turned the key, it's just been a rocket ship for us, which we've gotten very lucky. We've worked very hard. Um, but that allowed me to break myself from the corporate world. And, mm-hmm. I haven't looked back since, luckily. You know, I, I often tell people who are kind of hesitant to take that leap that it's like, yeah, you got to have your ducks in a row. But, you know, you're going to step off a cliff and you're going to feel like you're falling. You're going to feel like you're falling. There's like there's no way around it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like just before you jump in a pool and you know the water is going to be cold and you're going to jump in the pool. Right. But. For some reason, you take like an extra 30 seconds before you do. Yep. Like, that's going to help at all, right? But, but then what happens after you do it? Right. Then you get over it in a little bit, right? It's a cold at first, yeah. and then, and then, you then your you body kind of warms up to it, and you get used to your new life in the water. Yeah, right? it's definitely a sacrifice. Um, you know, that's the part I think people aren't ready for, a lot of people. Most people think initially, oh, it's the money. I don't have the money to do it. And, you know, I don't tell everybody my financial side of my business, mm-hmm. yeah, but I opened, you. I opened yeah. my business with $25,000. I had $25,000. That wasn't an inventory. That was for everything to sign mm-hmm. a lease, to build out cases, logos, everything, business licenses. And then there was a little tiny bit of money left for product. And mm-hmm. so there was about $15,000 in inventory in my store which is go on any of these tournament guys' boats, that's their tackle bag. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was nothing in there. And then I just built, 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 built. But the sacrifice I had to make to do that was you need to give up a lot of the fun in your life. Oh, all of it. All of it. Yeah, well, I was trying to be nice. But yeah. <laughs> it's everything. You know, it's work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, be a dad. And um, that's the part. The money, you could start a business with a couple hundred bucks. You, you've... Through your whole life, heard the story of a guy, oh, I started this out of my trunk. And you're like, yeah, right, he's lying. He's driving a Maserati. He started out of his trunk. Mm -hmm. And people don't think that's real. 
And anybody can do it, in my opinion. It's just that's the other part. They're not willing to give up the iPhones and their nice car. That's exactly and, it. You know, their Friday night at the Cove or whatever it is that you're spending all your extra money on, it's all got to go away mm-hmm. for a time period. And what that time period is is obviously going to be defined on how your business goes. But your typical rule of thumb is three to five years, no matter how profitable or good you are. You got to give it up for a while. Yeah. You know, and I was at the right age to do it, I feel like. I don't know what age you kind of broke away at. But for me, I was 37. Life's kind of getting boring at that point. It's not like I'm the party animal. Yeah, I think I was about the same age, maybe maybe 39, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. so you start getting laser focused on, you know, what do I want in life? How can I do it? And all those other things. I've always been the guy that likes fancy things, likes to be flashed. I had a good job, like to drive a nice car. Um, But as you get older, you start... All that crap matters. Mm-hmm. It's nice, but it doesn't do anything for you. You know, it makes you feel good sometimes personally, but it the fades, next guy. It fades, too. That's it. All yeah. oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I wear a $10 Real Deal shirt seven days a week now, you know, yeah. so. Yep. Um, so that's the part I think most people, they're not ready for. That's it. I mean, it's the hard work and the sacrifice, and everyone thinks they're a hard worker. And this is like my father said that, and he goes, oh, you're opening your own business. I go, yeah, because he owned his own business, too, at one point. And he goes, because I know you think you're a real hard worker because you don't know what hard work is yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, you will. And he's so right. Yep. He was so right. How many, how many nights are you here? Skip dinner. All the time. I mean, I, I up even in, still, yeah, even still, up until recently, I have, uh, I have a little back room, my stock room. And initially it was Adam's playroom. There's a PlayStation in there, a couch. I figured he'd sit in there, but he never goes in there ever, even from the beginning. Right. So, uh, recently we got to get rid of the couches cause we're out of space and we needed more spot stock room, but I used to sleep in there like three nights a week. Cause I'd be working until one thirty in the morning hours after we've closed. And then I look at the clock and I go, I got a 30 minute drive home and I got to be back here at five 30. Just going to crash for a few hours, yep. you know? So uh, you know, you got to put all, it's, you can't go. It's all half or nothing. S it's all or nothing. hundred percent. You're really like, even now, I mean, you know, I should be down in the keys with my business partner at his house for mini season. I got way too much to do this week. I can't just go taking like days off in the middle of the week like that. No. You know what I mean? There's, there's too much, too many customers to address and too, too many projects to do. And too, you know what I mean? I got to plan ahead on that. Yes. I don't know about you. For me, it's, it's all about the gas pedal. Right, so it's like a car. You start pressing, you're going, you're going, you're going. You got to press it more to keep going. If you let off, you're gonna stop. Right. So like, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> I just keep pressing. Mm-hmm. So, and the biggest problem I'm running into now is, you know, my, my my brain just never stops working. So I'm up every night till one, two o'clock in the morning, just thinking about work. I don't yeah. know how to. I don't know you're, how to shut it off. Writing notes in your phone and everything. And I, I have like lists and lists and lists on my phone of it. It's like T-shirt ideas or yeah, things something that, that pops in your head. You got to put it somewhere. Yeah, new division ideas and like this, like it's just like filled with my phone. And you know, it's like I think just writing it down makes me feel better. Yeah, because if I don't write it down, then it'll just drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah, you for know, sure. Then once you write it down, it almost feels like, all right, I've compartmentalized it somehow. Yeah, what's nice about this, though, even just in the couple minutes of us talking, I think what it'll show people is no matter what the business, it's the same, it's all the same. road you have to go down. Yeah. So it's the same amount of work. It's the same process. It's the same things. It's just different business. And I used to tell people that all the time when I worked for PlayStation. You're like, oh, my gosh, you work for PlayStation. And I'm like... So, like, right. well, that's so cool. I'm like, dude, I don't play video games all day. Right, like, exactly. I go to I go to Best Buy and try to sell them Playstations, you know. Yep. And like, well, that isn't that cool. I'm like, I can go sell them toilet paper. The process is identical. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I'm just selling something a little cooler than toilet paper. Wait, wait, I wish wait. I was in the toilet paper business now. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Jeez. 
I worked in the music business. I mean, that was it was a cool industry, but still, your day to day, you have your perks, your events, yeah, you have your and perks, whatnot. But your day to day was just, you know, I got a team of designers. You know, we're putting out weekly and monthly magazines. We're designing CD covers and all that stuff like that. And people would say that, oh, you could sign CD covers. I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's work. You know, when you, you've done it, it fades, you know, and it would, like when you've done it for a while, it just becomes another thing. I tell know? people it's the pizza man mentality, right? So you, you make pizzas for a living. Yeah. You get off of work. One thing you don't want to eat is a pizza. That's a you thing. You know, and that's the problem with it. So it's, uh, it's work. That's the tough part about making your business your passion. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part is that sometimes you can get a little jaded about a lot of it. Like, I mean, I love painting fish. I love drawing fish and I love you know, designing apparel and everything like that. But yeah, there's days where I'm just like, I want to go fishing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like instead of just like painting them, that's why I keep bugging John. I'm like, I see him posting like pictures of snook up on social media. I'm like, the hell are you doing? Not asking me to go with you. <laughs> but anyway, it's like you know, you can you can grow tired of it. It's like, yeah, I, I love when the people say that. It's like, you know. Oh, do what you love and you'll, you know, never work a day in your life. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't know, man. But you it know, still works. I'm still not sick of painting fish. Thank God. And I'm still not sick of fishing. I just wish, like you, I could do it more. Yeah. Just too tired. You yeah. Know, that's I, another I pick thing and choose too. now. I do a lot of freshwater fishing with Adam just because we live west. I live right I'm yep. two minutes from here. And, um, and then I fish my tournaments, you know, and really I don't get much more. You know, come fall, I'll go to the Bahamas a lot for Wahoo. But yeah. I miss most of the cool fishing because when it's really good fishing, it's when I'm the busiest. Right. So, I mean, I can't take away from that. And uh, one of the downfalls I built, I have great guys at the shop. I mean, my team, tackle business is the hardest thing to, to staff because mm-hmm. you need somebody that's really good at fishing or knows about fishing. You need somebody that's presentable and knowledgeable and nice, and they're still got to be salesmen. Um but then you get the downside because they're fishermen. They want to be fishing when right. the fishing's good too. And then you're putting a kid in a candy store, and you know you got to make sure that everything's yeah, not yeah, walking the out candy, the back the door. Yeah, in so, the store. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the hard part. But we're, we've been uh, really blessed like that. But I built a business that that's based on me. Unfortunately, you know I, what I learned about the tackle business is you know guy with just buys a 36 elephant doesn't want to go talk to my employee about an outfit. Right. He wants to come. He, I want to talk to the owner, you know. And I get that. So too. Yeah, yeah, same thing. They don't want to talk to your your one of your team members. They, they want. I, well, they want that feeling of getting that treatment, especially when you're a small business. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Joey, even with the card. You know, how many guys reach out to him? Hey, man, I need a card. Can you help me? Yep. Yeah, I can. But then he's going to put the right guy in to help. You know, that's that, where that that's what he's got to do. You know what I mean? And you know, as a business owner, you know, I I get that when he does it with me. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, Joey, I'll give him a hey. I'll give him a heads up, like, hey. I'm heading over to the dealership today. I got to do service or whatever like that. And he's like, oh, cool. Thank you for letting me know. And he'll make a phone call. I'll be like, hey, Dennis is coming today. And that's all he's got to do. You know what I mean? And that's cool. You know what I mean? But I don't expect Joey to meet me there at service. Be like, hey, what's up? I'm friends with him. Yeah. yeah. You know like, what I mean? Hey, Joey, like, do this oil change. Yeah, he's <laughs> busy. He's busy. You know what I mean? I, whatever. You got things to do. Yep. You know, but it's cool. I mean, I don't know, man. But I wanted I want to go through some of the things about the store and what <laughs> sets you apart from the others because I noticed in your operation – um, you're kind of really doing it right. I mean, it's not really like a, it's not really like a canned store. Like you, ha- you don't have any bit, any notion of a Walmart effect in there whatsoever. It's all like real core stuff. Yeah, we, um, you know, early on, obviously, I was strapped financially to not be able to do everything I wanted to do. Um, and then as the the business grew, and I kept reinvesting, every dollar I made went back into the shop. Never. Mm-hmm. 
ever have I taken a dollar still to this day. And, uh, but my vision from day one was always the same and that, that hasn't changed. There's, there's three different types of tackle shops out there. You got a bait shop, sell live bait, they sell stinky frozen bait and they sell a lot of it and they do great. And it's normally a hardcore fisherman that owns it that said, Hey, I'm going to open up a bait shop. And how they even run a business is besides me because they didn't have a business sense before. And those guys, I, I tip my hat to because now they have a business and they run it and they've had it for a long time. Then you have a tackle shop that sells a little bit of bait, a little bit of tackle, and is very vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just, they're like a wall. They just put stuff in there, come in, buy it, walk out. Right. And then you have your shops that actually make stuff, customize mm-hmm. things try to be unique and different and create things. And I said from day one, we want to be that, but to the extreme. You know, we're not there yet. I'm, I'm two years and two months old. So those those same constraints I had in the beginning, I still have in a different way, but we still have those. But we're definitely, from day one, had that vision, and we're still going down that road to be, you know, I don't buy a single lore, Wahoo lore, for example, rigged. Uh-huh. You go in some of these stores, they got, you know, Walla Wahoo lures, and they're all rigged exactly the same because they're buying them that way because they don't know how to do it, yep. you know. Yep. And no offense to them, they don't have to, you know. Not everybody has to be that guy. I don't buy a single one rigged because we want to do it our way in-house, what we feel is the right way, which to the next guy might be the wrong way in certain things. Uh-huh. But what I try to tell all my customers is there's there's very few wrong ways in fishing. There's obviously your basics you can't do wrong. you got to tie there's a good more knot. There's one way to skin a cat, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And we try to simplify it. Yeah. You know, YouTube and big stores with pro fishermen scare away new time fishermen. So they watch everything on YouTube and they go, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this? This guy's got eight rods going off the back of a 23 foot boat. And I'm like, you're not doing it. Like, chill, start right. off with two or three. Let's make it simple. Let's run easy things. Let's get you catching fish. And then as you get more comfortable, build your way up. Where you, they walk into certain stores and like, you need those eight rods right now. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, and they get a sour taste. And, I'm all about growing different sectors of the business and creating new fishermen yeah. or new fishermen that are already fishermen into new avenues of fishing. When you have a shop like yours, you, it's a lot of that is based off relationships. That, 100%. That, that you, that everything. You, the other vanilla stores aren't necessarily. You know, you're buying get, from a distributor. You're going to get tourists coming in. You're going to get the, you know, just, you know, casual weekenders and coming in just buying stuff and yep. grabbing it off the shelf. And, hey, my buddy and I, we haven't been fishing in a couple of years. Let's go down to the pier. We're going to grab a couple of things from that store. Yeah, bag of shrimp, a little cheap right. rod, and, which is fine. We, I need those guys to help pay my bills, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I love seeing, like, when you post up things like, hey, I need your dolphin bellies. Don't throw them away. I'll, yeah. come, I'll come get them. <laughs> yeah, you literally. Know, we, yeah. We'll do anything we can to make sure we have the best, the freshest bait at all times. Whatever it is, you know. It's the weird part, I'm going to say, is the right word, of this business. You know, South Florida is an interesting fishery. Particularly Broward County is a really interesting mm-hmm. fishery. And what a lot of people don't get, especially people that move in from out of town or, or guys that lived even, you know, you get a guy that lived down by Black Point and he moves up to Broward and he goes, oh, yeah, I've been fishing here my whole life. I'm like, yeah, I've never fished here once. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, the way you fish there and the way we fish here, two totally different fisheries. Yeah. Like, for example, you go up to Jupiter, you'll see dredges everywhere. Everybody's pulling dredges. When's the last time I've seen a dredge out of Hillsborough Inlet? Yeah, no, <laughs> none. Not at all. Yeah. We're pulling planers. We're pulling planers. Planers and yeah. kites. Planers and kites. Then you get down to Oliver, and you got your snapper fishermen, and you got your king fishermen, and you got your high-speed wahoo fishermen. When do you ever see boats high-speeding out front here? It, yeah. Very, you know, 
Well, a couple guys. Like KDWs sometimes. and yeah. stuff like that, you'll get them. A yeah. couple guys, but, you know, mainly we're a slow troll fishery. We're a kite fishery. And um, so it's honing in on what you do per area, not I want to be the guy to everything, because you can't do that in fishing. Right. People forget, just in the United States alone, 83% of the fishing market is freshwater. Right. Yeah. No, no like, doubt about it. We live in a bubble. Yep. So, like, here up the North Carolina coast, a little bit in the Northeast, Texas, California, that's your saltwater. Everything else, it's all fresh. Yep. So to these companies, you know, they don't even focus on a lot of saltwater stuff. No, they don't. If, if I told you, hey, 10% of your business is hats and 90% is shirts, are you going to spend 80% of your time on hats? So yeah, that's what no. we forget about sometimes. Right, for sure. I mean, the, the freshwater market is just absolutely huge. I mean, you see, I mean, case in point, you see freshwater tournaments on ESPN all the time. You don't ever see saltwater no, tournaments. Yeah, the Bassmaster Classic. I mean, these guys have mercury reps there at the tournament. I mean, everything you can imagine. It's, yeah. it, that's the market. Yeah. That's where it's at. We don't have it here, but that's big scheme of things yeah, as a company. Sure. That's well, what even, even mercuries. I mean, there's lakes all over the country. There's, there's airports all, all over the, the world. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, but there's, there's little outboards all over the country. you got 90 horses all throughout the entire 90, those bass boats got 250s and 300. I'm like, but even still, crap. like you know, you just got yeah. like, like on little John boats Everywhere. and stuff like that, all over the all over the country. You yeah. know what I mean? So we're a very targeted market to that point for sure. And the consumers forget about that sometimes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, I just don't understand why X player and I don't like to say names hasn't created the new reel yet. I'm like, mm, they're focusing on $700 bass rods right now. Yeah. Yep. More profit margin. <laughs> yeah. No. No doubt about it. So. You're a West End boy like me. Yep. You grow. You you're from up Coral north, Springs. though, right? Nah. So I'm originally from New York, but moved here as a kid. As a kid. Yeah. yeah. My dad passed when I was five, and my my uh, grandparents lived down here. So my mom decided to move. My mom's a single mom of four. So yeah, nice. So you so you're a Coral Springs boy like me. Grew up in Coral Springs, yeah. Taravella, Douglas. Yeah. So right on. Grew up right here, Royal Palm University. Oh, very cool. Still live on University. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, I went um I went to high school at uh, at Gibbons and like. Obviously, I come from the other side of the tracks. So, yep, so yep. I show up there my first day as a freshman. I'm like, Porsche rolling up, you know, Jaguar rolling in. I'm like, what the hell school did my parents yep. send me to? And I'm like, I only chose Gibbons over St. Thomas because it was closer to the beach. Yeah. I figured I might be able to fit in some surfing and fishing every now and then. But yeah, man, so it was a little bit of a, you had to make that drive every day. But yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, being a fisherman, I really, I fished a little bit my whole life, but I really got into fishing heavily when I became a single dad. It was like my outlet, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, you know, living out west, you're like, oh, yeah, fishing. It's cool, you know? And then opening a store out east, I'm like, holy, it's everybody. Like, it's it's a lifestyle yeah. in yeah. the east. Yep. And you don't realize that if you live out west until you get in that crowd. Yeah, it's very different out here. It's crazy. Sure. I was lucky enough to um, to spend my summers in Marathon every year growing up as a kid, yep. which really exposed me to offshore fishing. And diving and snorkeling and, and the, just the whole Keys life, right? But it, without that, it probably would have been very a lot tougher to make that east transition yeah. you know, to offshore fishing up here because I grew up really like day-to-day -day bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. same. Yep. Like, like, you to all the honey holes around here, it's like I got people out east asking me all the time, like, where do you go fishing? Yeah, just like, like you know, even the city we're in right now, Coral Springs, you can't even have a boat at your house. Yeah, that sucks. Like, even if it's behind a fence, hidden. They'll find you, and they'll find you. Yeah, they will. So it's they're very strict about that kind of. That's that's the downfall of Coral Springs, to me. But it's kind of like a give and take, you know, because safe that's community. maybe that's like it's a safe community. It's very clean here. It's you know very but so but sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But with the boat thing was always the one thing that I was just like <laughs> really. But I don't know, man. See, 
See, I don't own a boat because I deal, not deal with, but I, you know, a lot of customers that just, all my customers are fishermen. Yep. So I don't ever really need a boat. You know what I mean? If you see, I got a set of custom rods over here yeah. that don't even have any reels on them. <laughs> just because, like, I traded out, like, to, yeah. you know, I'm like, I want to have a custom set of rods. So I traded that with Drew Thompson for some logo designs yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And he made me, like, a set of custom rods. That's awesome. I'm like, oh, cool. But I don't even know, because every time I go fishing with someone, I'm yeah, going fishing everything. on, like, a 42 Freeman, and they got everything. I don't need to bring yeah. anything. What am I going to bring? And some people look at that. They ask me the same question. I, I don't own a boat right now, mainly just because I work. 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, I need to go fishing. I, mean, I got endless, endless boats to you go fishing. The, yeah, and some people are like, oh, phone. that's a bad way to look. I'm like, why? Like, Sorry, it's, not sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's a perk to the business. Yeah. You own your own business. Before you had a perks in your other industry that you worked yeah. in, you own your own business. You got to have some perks in your own business, right? Yeah, of course. Definitely. So, but if you look at my bass rods, well, that's all me. You know what I mean? It's like very nice bass rods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So it's like, that's what I'm going to invest in because that's. Same you know, thing. What I use most most of the time. My eight year old's got a five hundred dollar combo. Yeah, that he's broken twice. <laughs> <laughs> you carrying a lot of bass 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 equipment there? Uh, so we don't. Being so far east, I would say like um, you don't really carry a lot of light tackle, huh? So, not very much light tackle. We I have you know probably a four foot section of bass tackle. Yeah, but we sell shiners too. And the only reason, so I used to, when I opened, I was actually a live bait store, like that first guy I talked about. Mm-hmm. And I sold shrimp and crabs and pilchards and gogs and shiners. And then when I started growing and really started expanding into more tackle, you don't want all that salt water around all that really expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, But I didn't get rid of the shiners because Adam uses them too much. Oh, he takes <laughs> them all? Yeah. So, I, mean, that's the I saw him that. catching, catching all those peacocks. Yeah, there. I mean, it's, so whenever we want to go, they're there. And they sell, you know, I don't get rich on them but right and they're very low maintenance and no smell and all that good stuff sometimes you just got to carry a product just to have it just to be convenient for your customers yep, yep. it's like you know we're not making a killing on stickers you know what i mean but when we do like a whole apparel outfit for someone like we'll do their hats and their apparel yeah. and whatever like that and they go oh, yeah can you do me some stickers yeah of course we can we don't make a ton of money on them but you want to you want to do that for your customers That's it. It's just yep. same thing with the shiners when it's uh when it's blowing 30 and, you know, nobody's going out. We sell a ton of shiners. So oh, they, do you? Yeah, because, you know, yeah, that's you're wind do. doesn't affect that. So right. even when it's raining, you know, so it's nice for that. And and what I like most about the shiners is the clientele is mainly kids. Mm-hmm. And all the kids know they're always welcome in my store, you know. Yeah, so that's cool. The parents, like, the parents come in and the kid will start talking to Adam. And I'll be like, you can come back at four. We'll watch him for you. You know, like, <laughs> it's just that's what it's kind of become. So we want it to be very family friendly. You know, it's a. Uh, very clean, safe family environment that we run at all times. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Tell me about this stuff you were talking about before with Japan. Huh. Yeah, so... Because um, like, we were talking about how, like, you know, supply lines are all kind of weird right now for, for business owners. And we're, we're experiencing some of that, too. Yeah. And we hinted, though, maybe people don't understand how much actually comes from China, which I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to do our best not to really push any Chinese product out of our studio whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I'm a I'm the same way. I'm very. It's very tough, though. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you know, I, I did a podcast with Captain Jeff, you know, on, the, on one of his podcasts. Oh, okay. Did you guys go through that? We did. We talked about that, too. And, you know, there's you come in my store and the first thing I'm going to do is pitch you a U.S. reel. Mm-hmm. LP, Avid, Accurate, Pen, all their nice reels are now made in the U.S. I'm pumping those first. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm supporting my country. Um, but then there's just things that we just don't make or we don't make well. Um, so then you have to go elsewhere. Um, spinning reels. There's like three 
manufacturers that make spinning rails in the U.S. and they're either seven or eight hundred dollars, or they suck. Right. <laughs> so you, Daiwa owns the spinning rail space, or Shimano. You know, and you right. got to go to their products when it, when that happens. I like the new pen spinners, though. They are nice, but those yeah. are, those are made overseas. Mm-hmm. They are. Well, I'm saying, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there, so so Penn about 15 years ago moved all their production to China, mm-hmm. and learned very quickly, not through the first five years, but as that time went on, that it was a huge mistake for them because the internationals were known as the American reel. Right. Mean, before 15 years ago, there was no Tiagros and Accurates and Avits and all this other stuff. Yeah. You fished a, an international or a senator, mm-hmm. and so they lost that. And then they realized a few years ago that was the, probably the single biggest mistake they ever made. And they reopened a factory in Philadelphia, and now every international torque, any of their high-end reels are made right here. And I, I not only support that, I support the decision to take that plunge and bring it oh, back. Because yeah. they did it before the Trump push and everything. That was a decision they made on their own. And to me, that you know, I push a lot of their reels. I don't know. I, I really think that more American manufacturing has to come back. I mean, it really does. I mean, we, I think we also made a big mistake to an intellectual property from, from that standpoint of re, you're giving all your plans on all your products to China. Yep. So they're going to go, oh, that's a cool product. Let's make that cheaper. So I worked with the Orient for 20 years. And, you know, people say, oh, Chinese products are terrible. Chinese design products are terrible. Right. Chinese built products are really good. Because what we do, as long as you go to them say, this is what I want you to build, and this is how I want you to build it, it'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. They're really good, you know? But if you say, you have an idea in your head, and I'm like, hey, I want you to build this this thing, and it's going to look like this, and they go, oh, okay, and then they go build it, like, yeah, good luck. You got a few years before that thing's going to be right. Mm-hmm. So it, not only that, any product that's out there, there's a copy of it, because that's what they do. Right, it's what they do. There they, is. They, they intellectual property theft. They, they, what are they going to say? Okay, sue me, or come get can't. me. can't. Can't. And you can go sue a communist country. Right. <laughs> what are they going to, they're going to laugh at you. That's it. So the, I think that's a big issue with the, uh, also with the, I think Trump's trying to, or at least tried to fix that with the yeah. fair trade thing and kind of Corona got involved. You know, it and, took, a, I told Jeff too, it took us 30 years. It's longer, but it took us really 30 years to get to the point where China's manufacturing 80% of the products in our country. And it'll take us at least 30 years to build back out of that. Yeah. It's not something that can just happen overnight. That's the, the part that I think people don't understand is you just can't do it quickly. And to me, you can also, do it, but just it's got to be a long-term plan. And with the fight between the left and the right, you're never yeah, going to get Yeah, nothing's ever going to get that one. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big issue. Left's crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go that in another conversation. That's all right. We can go down that road if you want, but, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, it's almost like I'm trying to, like, Wusai. Yeah, it's I was trying to like, all right, all right, we're not going to talk about it on the show. Do you ever like watch Fox News and then like click to CNN and then like click back and then like you're like, holy crap, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, they're, yeah, they're completely it's like it's on the same topic every every single time, no matter what it is. It's like Yankees, Red Sox, man. You're never going to convince one over the other. You know, it's it's in their blood at this Speaking point. Speaking about Yankees, Red Sox, so I'm a diehard Yankee fan. But now like a bunch of the Red Sox shop at my store. And it's like so painful. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they're like they're all my boys now. Oh, well, he, but it's like it's like ah, uh, <laughs> like JD Martinez. He's one of the best players in baseball. Right, like, right. And you know he does a lot of shopping at my store. And and like I'll, I'll text him. I'm like, hey, hey, man. Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but like I'll, I'll wear your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give a shout out for Jenny. 
because she found out you were a Bills fan today. Oh, so she listens to every podcast, right? Ah. So I have to say it, right? <laughs> I have to say this. John and I are like hardcore Dolphin fans, and yep. we're like, it pains us to even bring up the Bills on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can there all you cry go, together. Jenny. You're welcome. <laughs> we can all cry together. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. We could all cry together. The, um, so anyway, we're, I'm trying not to like even talk about like coronavirus on the show because just it's so... I want this to be a safe space from all that crap. You know what I mean? It's true. So the only politics I want to bring in is if it affects clean water and our newest topic, which is sharks. Yep. Right. So we've really started ramping up the shark conversation here. So I got a pretty good history with sharks. That's actually, so when I really started fishing hard, I did a lot of land-based shark fishing. Fished all the big land-based shark tournaments. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, land-based shark fishing makes up a very big portion of my business. So I own a website that's one of the largest land-based shark fishing websites. Um, we sell a lot of shark reels. Um, you do now? Now. Really? Just tons. dedicated for sharks? Dedicated for sharks. Like tons. You're a shark killer. Yeah, we sell, you know, I ship, uh, I'd say on average, you know, 300 big reels to Texas What's the site? each year. Uh, it's a site that I'm partnering with. It's called sharkfishingworldwide.com. Sharkfishingworldwide.com. Dot co. Yeah. Gotcha. What's yep. the difference between the co and the com? Uh, I think it wasn't available. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Gotcha. So it's just another thing. It's not like another country code or anything. Like yeah, that, right? no, no. Right. Yeah. So, so that site's dedicated strictly to land-based shark fishing. That's awesome. Yep. So we're we're kind of like, see, I struggle with this. Not really that hard, but a little bit, right, in my head. Like, so I'm a marine life artist, fish artist, right? So I should respect the whole beauty and the aspect of all the life in the ocean and all that other stuff like that. But I'm also a fisherman, and all, I'm also a realistic person. And I'm not a hardcore environmentalist. I am a conservationist. So I believe in balance, right? And what's happening right now with the sharks is just kind of out of control. I agree. Um, The only thing that – some may hate me for this. The only thing I don't agree with – You speak your mind. Yeah, it is – Everybody on social media cries about the shark problem. Right. But none of them do anything. So and the reason why I say that is, like, being an ex-land-based shark fisherman, you can legally kill most of these sharks they're complaining about. Mm-hmm. They don't do it. So why not harvest them? Go mark the sharks, a perfect example. He kills these sharks every single day, and he takes all that food to Camilla's house. Mm-hmm. And they feed the homeless with it. I want to bring Mark the shark on the show, by the way. Yeah, it's funny his brother shops at my that. store, so I could probably, yeah. know, you probably do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so he donates all that meat to homeless people. Mm-hmm. I mean, shark tape's great. You guys ever had black tip? It's mm-hmm. awesome. You bite in Publix. It's... Um, Got it. So, what most people don't know well, about people black see tip. the fins getting popped off. Fins and different. Shows we got plenty of laws in Florida that protect that. Yeah, but that. people see that on TV and they think that's what what the deal is around here. Yeah, no, that. it's um. So I th- I think people don't know how to handle sharks. People don't know the proper way to harvest sharks. And if more was put into that, I think we could help eliminate some of the problem. Um, but I just, for me, I just I get sick of the crying if you're going to do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, there's plenty. So we, in, in the state of Florida, we have tier one, tier two, and tier three sharks. They break them up into three different tiers. Right. Your tier one sharks have no limits, no size limits. Kill as many as you want. Take as many as you want. And I'm not a fan of killing to kill. I don't want to see you shoot a shark and let it just fall to the bottom right. of the ocean. Right. Take it. Donate the meat. Eat it yourself. It's I'm phenomenal. Full, full agreement on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then your tier two sharks are all sized. So, for example, a bull shark has to be 54 inches to the fork. You can kill as many as you want. One per day per boat. So... <laughs> You know, and then your tier three are your your state and federally protected sharks, hammerheads, tiger mm-hmm. sharks. But you don't hear people complaining yeah, about hammers. There's not a ton of those around anyway. There's a lot. Well, not like there's the so bull many. sharks. They're not like that. No, but there's more. 
but they just they don't they're not our problem. They, yeah, right. They're, they're, not they're reef sharks. No, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, the, the, yeah. with the sharking thing is it's all saying? it's bull yeah. sharks, spinner right. sharks. It's they're bull sharks the main problem. Right. Yeah, they're uh, they're vicious. So next like next episode, I'm ha- you should come on next episode too. Because I'm going to have uh, Patrick Price, who started the Let's Tack the Taxman yeah. page, and then uh, Art Sapp is going to come join us, too. So you, we got another mic if you want to come on again. Yeah. Because I think you'd be good to have on that table. Yeah, we do. Um, so I think we're going to try to do something about it. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a decision that somebody has. You know, it's there obviously are a lot of people that don't want to see sharks die, and we need them in the ecosystem and the apex predator and yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. And I'm just a firm believer in... Well, I may not agree with everything either the feds or the state puts out as regs. I will never get mad at anybody for harvesting illegal fish. Uh-huh. Like I see these people, oh, how could you kill that? Like it's, you got a problem? Don't go to the fishermen. Go to your your state representative or somebody else. Like stop bashing somebody for following the law. Right. That's our problem today. Is people like get mad at somebody when they're following the law. I'm like wait a second, get mad at them if they're breaking the law. You know. Yeah. When I'm down in the keys and I see somebody taking like. 14-inch muttons after 14-inch muttons, that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But if I see somebody kill a black-tip shark, it doesn't make me mad. A lot of it has to come down to education, too. So you speak about the muttons. And when they raised it from 16 to 18 inches, and the Art was on the show, and he explained the reason. when He goes, once he because he doesn't like overregulation, yep. right? But once he found out why, the, 16, the difference between the 16 and 18 inches was basically for... Um, reproduction. Reproduction. That that's that's about that. Those two inches mattered for reproduction. Yeah. And once he found that out, he's like, "Oh yeah, well that that makes perfect sense." It had nothing to do with we're going to make it a longer size to make it harder for you to harvest fish. It just had to do with there was a scientific reason for it. Yeah, there, some of the 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 regs are dumb. I mean, everybody knows that. A lot, yeah, I mean, red snapper. The red snapper. <laughs> I mean, that's, that always comes up. That's first your, your perfect talk about one. Dumb regula- regulations. Is I that. mean, some of the snook regs, Goliath yeah. grouper. I mean, there's there's a lot that that need to be addressed. So I think the gator regs are too strict too. I mean, I think they should have more tags out there. There's a ton of gators in this in this state. So many, yeah. So I mean, I, me and my son, we go um, bass uh-huh. fishing out west, like far west, like by Miccosukee, right. And, like, the alligators accidentally always eat our fish. Right. And there's as many there as you want. I yeah. mean, it's like every 10 feet you have 10 gators. Even at the ramps, it locks. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. They're, they're all over the place. Everywhere. I, we take our kids there just to see the gators. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Adam caught his first gator at two. Oh, really? Yeah, like an eight-foot gator. It was awesome. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. we do it on bass rod. I mean, we catch the other fish that they eat. On right. bass rods, because you're and not allowed to fish for gator. Right, and the gator happens yeah, to it happens eat just your, yeah. dead fish, though. Yeah. The they're accident. too quick. Yeah, they're accident. so fast. <laughs> Razor. My accent. I love it out west. Yeah, west is, it's a different lifestyle. It's, it's completely not like for lot, everybody. See, that's the thing, man, When because you, you're like me. Most of your friends are probably out east. Yep. Right? So, but they don't ever come out here. And they think, oh, that's that's another thing another you know it so makes no sense for yeah. me to go out there at all ever but you know when they come out here they're like oh it's kind of nice out here and you know they're like yeah well the everglades it's like a mile yeah not even. that way you know we can it's really not that far it. out to the coast I, I love it i love living out here it's like a meeting i the everglades is right there if i want to go out that way right. and i go out to the beach to fish all the time it's really not that far it's a 20 when there's drive. no when there's no traffic it's even less yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. six miles it's not that big a deal like yeah. it's really not. I mean, and now rush hour it sucks. But rush hour. So if you, if you just time it right, then you, then you'd be all right. You know I, mean? I get to my shop from 
university to my shop in like 16, 17 minutes, no traffic. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Yeah, the housing's more affordable out here, too. Way yeah, more. Housing out east, oh, my God. crap. Like, I was looking, look, we were looking at houses in that garden house in Pompano, and, like, what you would spend $500,000 on there and what you can get for $500,000 on there is, like, night and day. Yeah, five like, bedrooms, Not three that bath, that's my budget, but. Half acre, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's totally different. So, yeah, back to the Japan stuff. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, you know, very early on, we got into uh, a form of fishing called slow pitch jigging mm-hmm. and slow pitch jigging at that time was, I'd say probably the most niche form of fishing we had in the United States. When I got into it, there was probably 200 fishermen in, in the country doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean like nobody. So from a business standpoint, it made zero sense. I mean, there's, there's nobody to buy this stuff. Right. And I took a very small crawl into it initially. And then, as I started seeing it gain some steam, we went full force in it. And there's very few people that are full force in it now. Uh, now you're seeing almost every tackle shop getting into it in some form or fashion, but they're so far behind. It's going to take them years late. to catch. No, it's not too late because it's an exploding form of fishing. Um, but they're so far behind, it's going to take them so long to catch up. Right, you can't just. Right. You have a story. They have the rod, one rod, or maybe one reel that you want to use, but then they don't have all the everything else that goes with it. It's like if you walk into a store and you want to go kite fishing and you own nothing, mm-hmm. you can't just buy the rod and reel. Right. You need everything else. Yeah. So and it's the same thing with that. So um, slow pitch jigging has been around for about sixteen years in Japan and about twelve years in Australia, and it's done all throughout Asia, all throughout that area of the world, and. We just started doing it here, these, these group of small guys that have been doing it about five or six years ago, but really two to three years ago. And um, so these guys in Japan and these guys in Australia, they're ahead of the game because they've been doing it for so long. So all the good products right now are all either Japanese, Australian, Malaysian, mm-hmm. um, and they're not available in the United States. And everybody wants them because you, know, you want the Rolls Royce. You want the, the, this right. thing that's going to catch the most fish would be the best. And... So we started importing JDM products about 18 months ago. We've, uh, we've had over 10 different lines where we were the first, still some of them, the only in the country or even the Western Hemisphere to have these products. And I work every day to bring in more of those. We sign exclusive distribution rights. We sell to other shops. It's a whole lifestyle for us. And for the fishermen, I warn every single one, it's an addiction. Uh-huh. Slow pitch jigging is, it's not cheap because it's new. I, 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 Take us through the process for people that are, might be listening or watching that are unfamiliar with it. Yeah, so you take your hat off, you put your head down, and you run into a wall first because that's, that's what it is. Like <laughs> right. it's, it's crazy. So um, everybody knows vertical jigging. We've mm-hmm. been doing it for 100 years. And I don't care how buff you are. I don't care what, how in shape you are. Two, three drops in, you're like, I need a beer. You know, I need a break. I hate doing it, man. My back is just Yeah, it's not great, in, though. You catch fish. Right shape for it. Right? Yeah. fish like... Reaction strikes. So slow pitch jigging, I explained it to people, a 90-year-old fat guy can do it all day long. Because with speed jigging, you're working that jig up, and it's up, 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 up. It's all about the up. The fish is going to come up and eat it. With slow pitch, all you're doing is lifting the jig slowly and letting it free fall. And the jigs are designed so they don't all flutter. That's where I think a lot of newbies in it think Mm -hmm. that it's like a flutter jig. Some of them do flutter. Um, But they're designed to move differently as they fall. And they always get eight as they're going down versus up. Versus up. 
And what's nice about it is, is it's more targeted form of fishing. So now if you're snapper or group of fishing, you only got to fish the, the bottom 20 feet. Mm-hmm. So you're in 400 feet of water with speed jig and you're just starting either halfway down or all the way down. You're working all the way up and then starting over here. It's 20 feet, 30 feet max. I mean, snappers eating the zone. They don't come up too frequently unless you're chumming heavily and get them up there. Mm-hmm. But your big ones, what these guys are fishing for. So you bring it up 20 feet, you start over. Bring it up 20 feet, start over. It's really easy. Um, you want to fish for tuna? Top, top half of the water column. So you could target it a lot easier. But more so, more importantly, it's just, for example, the the ease of it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of technique to it. And I like you, the ease of things. That's like, personally what's, that's what's age, getting all the people the into it yeah. right now. It's like, <laughs> wait a second, I can catch more fish. I like fish. it when it's easy. Yeah, so it over the past, you know, Yankee Captain, that boat down in the Keys that goes mm-hmm. on the long-range trips to the Tortugas, yeah. go on there. Amanda and Emily just took a big trip yep. with them. Everybody's slow-pitch jigging. Everybody. Because it outfishes bait. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Um I'll show you a picture if I didn't get these spam risk calls all day long. This was uh, a customer of mine came in the other day. He bought a, uh, a, a slow pitch combo, bought some of our jigs. He was mm-hmm. going to the Bahamas. Bahamas is a great fishery for grouper, snapper, everything else. But the slow pitch catches everything. What makes it, what, what's the construction of it? What makes it so much different than the other one? So a slow pitch rod is like, um, Technically, they look like a pencil. They're razor thin. Like, they're mm-hmm. so small, and they have this real parabolic action to it to make your ease on the up come up like a flick. Mm-hmm. So it's like flicking the jig up, and then you free fall it down. Flick it up, free fall it down. Solid touch. And then what we have to break and what we have to do is, you know, you catch a fish, pump, reel down, pump, reel down. That's how we fish, right? With slow pitch, it's more of the torque of the reel. So you're not really pumping too much. Mm-hmm. You can do pumps, but not crazy because obviously you got this – Micro rod. It's like the size right. of your That's small bass rod. It's like strength-wise, and so they hold up. Yeah, they hold up. So then, But you're using the reel. Right. You're cranking it with the torque of the reel. You need mm-hmm. very torquey reels. So I had a customer came in, got this, you know, a few jigs. It's real. He just literally, before I walked in here, sent me a text holding his, his, his rod and his reel. One of the jigs he bought at my store. 70-pound Wahoo or so. Look at that. Sick. That's pretty. Oh, yeah. You got to send that picture over to John yeah, after yeah, this. Yeah, I'll plug it in so they can see it. Yeah, for sure. Everyone. Look at that, guys. Yeah, so it catches. There's nothing fish. it doesn't catch. Now, what we've done is when we go into our global sourcing of finding different products is we're looking for products that, one, can make it easier and more affordable for the newcomers. Because mm-hmm. right now, if you want to get a good slow-pitch combo, I mean, what people would call the good ones, it's 1000 bucks, mm-hmm. which isn't cheap. You no, know, yeah. For one setup? That's one. Yeah, and nobody could have just one. Right. For, for a very specified. Correct. And there's different ratings of size of and different, right. you know, if you're going to fish 200 feet to 400 feet, you want to be the guy that wants to go out to 800 or 900 feet, fish rosies or tiles. Mm-hmm. So you got to have different setups for that. So we're trying to find affordable options, which we, we've found some affordable rods in Australia that we've been importing for over a year. We sell a lot of those. But then we're trying to find, like, we've been taught locally this one way to fish slow pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's not the only way. It's just like goes back to what I said in the beginning. And everybody thinks it's like the only way because the guys locally, that's how they fish. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only way. So, like, I just made a, a big announcement today. We signed a deal with a company out of Malaysia called Hardy Rise. Um, in that small circle of hardcore jiggers, it's known as the Bugatti. Really? Like, it's the Bugatti of slow pitch rods. Yeah, nice. And so you guys are exclusive here? Exclusive. So we're the only... Like, in the entire country? Entire Western Hemisphere. Get out. Yeah. All here, real deal, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what, their awesome. motto is pump like Superman. 
They literally, really? like, they fight these fish like we're fighting these fish on these micro rods, and the rods are built specifically to that. So what that's going to do is it's going to allow the guy, you meet some of these fishermen, there's no finesse in them. Right. You know, it's going to allow that guy to go slow pitch now because once he hooks up, he doesn't have to retrain his brain on how to do it. He can go fight that fish exactly like he wants to, but still get the action and everything else out of it. Changing the game, brother. Trying. And then we got another deal we signed last month uh, with a company called Seafloor Control. They're mm-hmm. out in Japan. Uh, they're the Bugatti of jigs. They they make a lot of slew of products, and we started bringing their products in last month. And um, they're the ones basically invented slow pitch jigging. The owner of the company. Mm-hmm. Every jig that you see in America today, doesn't matter what company makes it, is all a, a identical copy of Seafloor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they take the jig, they mold it. Here you go. We got slow pitch jig. They're all copies of every jig in the world leans back to Seafloor. So um, we're the only ones in the southeast with those there's a dealer in massachusetts and one in new jersey wow nobody on the west coast so we're just trying to like bring in stuff that the guys drool about as they're looking online and now they'll actually be able to feel it like i you know i went to hardy rise got my first order in goods will be in in the next two weeks made the social media announcement today at like eight o'clock in the morning and i've already pre-sold like 15 rods nice yeah and they're six fifty seven hundred dollars a piece so, but when people saw, holy crap, I could. Yeah, they, 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 you're the only place they can get them. Besides the only place you can get them, because we're in a monkey see, monkey do business. Right. Somebody's going to contact them, and eventually my exclusivity will run out, and then everybody's going to want to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so the we're style. Seeing, we're, we're putting on a record right now, though. Oh, right? yeah. And we're burning it, to, burning it to film, yep. right? We're putting it on the internet, because once it's on the internet, it's true, Right. First. You're the first. Yeah. So you're the real. We're the first with a lot of stuff. So that's yeah. what separated us from day one is I don't mind taking risks. Mm-hmm. Um, other stores call me their guinea pig. I don't want to bring this in yet. Let me see how Mike does first with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. then when I, and when they see I'm doing well, they're like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to bring this in. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh. everybody's like, oh, I'll take it as a form of flattering. I'm like, yeah, whatever you say. You know, I'm not yeah. flattered by it. But then where it helps me is, you know, I have a lot of other brands where I'm the only store you can get it. Mm-hmm. And because they wouldn't take the risk or they didn't know how to take the risk, I still have that exclusivity. Brand new fish a lot. No live bait needed. Yep. It's the number one selling snook tarpon product He's in the, the state of Florida. tackle company that has them. Yeah, yeah you, I'm the only tackle shop. You're, you're carrying them? them? Yeah. You're killing it with those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the no live bait needed crew. No live bait needed. Jose, yep. we'll Brandon, good up. guys. Flash them up. We'll give them yeah. a shout out because cause I got to tell you, I've been paying ever since you've been posting that like every time. Like no live bait needed though. I have other tackle shops though. call me and they're like, yep. like how do you get those?" I'm like, "You can." <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I'm actually shot like the other day, and I have nothing against this tackle shop. Like somebody from Tuppins called me and they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you guys saw that no live bait needed?" So I'm like, "Yeah." Like, like how can we get in contact them and get them? I'm like, "You got to do that work yourself, man." Yep. Like, <laughs> like good luck. But like I've never met anybody from there. Like they just blind call me out of the blue, like and ask me that. Right. So like, that's the downside. But we did that. You know, we were the ones that. Broke nomads into the country from Australia. Mm-hmm. That was a big craze back last fall. Mm-hmm. We did it with Hoagie. Did a Barracuda cast nets. No live bait needed. Now we're doing all the JDM stuff. So we're always the first to jump in, and then everybody follows. But I'll find the next first. Always. Mm-hmm. So that's my. That's name. admirable, man. That yeah. really is. I mean, it's 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 really an admirable thing to be an innovator. Like it's that. risky, like, but yeah, but that's so what... I'm honed in on my customer. So to me, there's no risk in it. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it's risky, but it's like what we said before about establishing a business through relationships. It's like, you know, your customer, 
Like, like, just like I know my customer, I know what they're going to buy and I know what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. See, the, we have a policy here at the studio is that we never put out crap. And I don't mean just like artwork. Yeah. Like that's a given. Like we, clothing, we like stickers, every, everything. We, everybody we, gone. Everything we put out here is top sticker. level stuff. That's it. That's our clientele. And we like to think that our customer base understands that before they even pick up the phone. Yep. I'm the same right? way. So we like, we've had customers in the past. They will, We'll print it like, you know, I just want it cheap on this cheap shirt. And I was like, you know what? They call the dude down the street because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to put my name on that. No, it's smart. my name goes on everything. Yep. You know what I mean? I, 100, 100% we always want to be just known as just quality, quality stuff. But that's our clientele. So that gets back to also like what we talked about earlier, some things that can be confusing, though. Is people think quality has to be expensive. That's very true. And there's a lot of quality stuff that's inexpensive or affordable is yep. the word. You there know? are some very expensive shirts that – a lot of people ask us to get for them, and I'm like, yeah, you don't want that shirt because you're paying too much. I use the example all the time. You got a polo shirt, 70 bucks. You got a JCPenney's polo shirt, 12 bucks. Can they be that much different? Yeah, there's obviously a better stitching, a better feel of this. Well, the shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get good stuff at affordable prices. And then, you know, that's another thing about my business is, you know, I shopped at a lot of these local tech shops for a long time, and they're all great. I mean, I love competition. Anybody that's ever talked to me knows that, like, I want to get in the ring. Like, I mm-hmm. love competition. There's enough business for everybody. So, like, sure is. I don't have to badmouth anybody. Like, I like going head up against them. That's my thing. Um, but, like, some of the, you know, we have an amazing market for fishing down here. And we have a lot of guys that spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so these stores, some of them forgot about the average Joe. And the average Joe at all times is welcome in my store, and we treat them whether they spend $5, $50, 500 5000 right? service is the same. You know, like we, every single person we have, they buy a case of chum. Like, they don't ever have to carry that. We carry it out to their car. Like, it just, it doesn't change no matter what you spend. Yeah. And we're, we built our business on that, the, on the little guy. Yeah. Like, still to this day, I don't service the big boat clientele. You know, the guys with the merits and all that, you know, mm-hmm. I love them. When I get lucky and one comes in, great. It's tough with that with that industry or that demographic too, because a lot of them are very much staying their lane loyalty to their places that they've been going to. They're in years. Lighthouse Point. They're in East Fort Lauderdale. There's shops right there that have catered to them for a long time. Right. There's no point for them to drive over to me, you right. know. Yeah. Um, but that business has allowed me to put my business where it is mm-hmm. and target everybody else. Yeah, it's interesting to to kind of you know, look at things from that perspective, um, not even just specifically, you know, for us, but just as a business owner, a small business owner in general. And, you know, just know, know your clientele and just understand where the need is for your products and your services. And, and you know, you're going to be successful if you keep working hard and you dedicate the time. Yeah, that's it. So business and all business goes back to two things, fair price and honesty. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to just not, rip somebody off. It's not that hard to just be honest with your customer. Tell them what it is. Tell them how it is. Tell them if you can do it, if you can't do it. Guys will ask me, hey, can you get me this? No, I'm sorry, man. You sure? I'm like, yeah, I, I can't get it. You know, I'm just being honest with you. Or, right. hey, I can get it for you, but it's three weeks. You know, you have to say, oh, yeah, I'll have it for you in three days, even though they know they can't get it mm-hmm. in three days. Mm-hmm. So just be honest with customers. And that's yeah. all you need. It's not, business isn't hard. That's one thing I learned early on, too, is about the, the whole 
overpromise and underdeliver yeah. kind of thing. It's like I used, you, when you I was gotta like, underpromise yeah. and When I was young, I would I was the king promiser. Yeah. No matter what, if I was in a meeting to get a deal done, oh yeah, we could do that for you. No problem. I get back to the office, I'm like, shit, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> early on, early on, I learned quick that that's that's the very wrong way to do business. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, that's how you can do quick business. Right. That's how you can get a deal done here. Not how you do long term business. That's a good point. So. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it you know, I guess I can. My wife and I, have you seen this this uh, documentary called McMillions? Mm-mm. Oh, yes, I did. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy with yep. that whole M- McDonald's Monopoly scam, yep. right? Oh, yeah. But it's crazy. Like, a guy was printing them, or not printing, they were... Because he was the head of security. Yeah, he was stealing, and he was stealing them, them, them the and then he would hire people to cash them in for him, and they would get a cut. Yeah. It was he, great. he didn't want to pay the taxes. He couldn't, because you know, he's yeah, the he one in charge them. of... Yeah, he was... So Insane. he took the cash. I did see it. That's funny. Right? I so just don't crazy, But, like, it comes... Like, a lot of it comes down to knowledgeable honesty, right? So if like, if there's a difference between knowing that you're scamming someone and not knowing that you're scamming someone like unknowingly, like I think that a lot of people like got their feet held to the fire that shouldn't have in that scenario. Like, I don't think, I think a lot of people like, uh, there was like Gloria Brown. Yeah, they thought they they were actually blessed. And like, she was blessed that someone gave that to her. But then I think she, once she kind of sensed that there was something wrong going on, it was too late because then she feels like she's involved with the mafia. And she's now, she's like, I better cash this thing out. So I'm going to, they're going to think the mafia exists. What's that? You think the mafia exists? Do I think the mafia? I know the mafia exists. So do I. That's what I was asking. Yeah, no, for sure they do. So I, so I grew up in Coral Springs, like we said. I don't know anybody. my age, I grew up at Coral Springs, but on corner of Royal Palmer University was was a sports card store, baseball cards, mm-hmm. called Tom Sports Cards. Anybody that grew up my era knowed it. Yeah. It was there was it was the only shop in town. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I worked there from six to sixteen because I lived on the block behind it. And, okay. Um, so I'd go in, clean his glass when I was really young, and then I actually worked there. And I didn't know it early on, but the guy was just hardcore mafia, mm-hmm. like as hardcore as it gets. The whole shop, everything was all a front. Everything yeah. about it. That's the thing, you know. And you don't notice it. You know, the funny thing is, is like, you know, the old mafia in the 80s in New York, like, really, like, just ate, oh, it was. tore apart small businessmen. Well, they, like, they, they were the able city. to. They could be upfront and out about it. Yeah. Ever since the RICO Act was created, which I right. believe was 1999, mm-hmm. they're underground. Yeah. They can't talk. Just talking about it will get them life in prison. So they're still out there. They just, they just move a little differently. They're there. I mean, I, one, of, one of a good friend of mine growing up, I can't say anything more about it than that. I know for a fact he was his family yeah. was involved in the mafia and stuff like that yeah. up in New Jersey, but um, so yeah, that's how I know, like for sure, like oh yeah, def- yeah. definitely exists. There's it's, people that think it's fake and just like the movies, but no, no, it's it's fair. real. I yeah. mean, what do I know? I went to art school, so yeah. <laughs> I got nothing on nobody. Don't come get me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, so you don't ever get out to fishing with just freshwater, pretty much for the most part, right? No, I get out and do a lot of fishing. Salt, so you know, like I said, I fish all of Jamie's tournaments, most of uh, uh, the Mayhem tournaments, and um, when I'm not fishing with my team, you know, I fish on Team Running Game. Uh-huh. Uh, my captain, Mike Connell. When I'm not fishing with them, I do some fishing with Bombshell. Yep. So I fished the Pelagia tournament with them right before Corona started. We won that tournament, so I just try to um, save my fishing days for meaningful days mm-hmm. bahamas trip keys yeah, trip that's I, kind of that's i just kind can't of the same thing with i don't have trip. like the time to like just go take a day like to me the value of taking a day off to go out and catch a couple of kingfish right now is a is a payoff that's not not working for me right no, so yeah. time will come or i'll be able to go out and fish four days a week like all the other shop owners yeah <laughs> you know like all the other shop owners 
it's funny. Like the like the RJ Boyles of the world. I did not say that. I respect that shop a lot. So, <laughs> no, I do. He's, oh, I like uh, RJ. He's a friend of the studio. Yeah, he's got a he's got a he's got a great great brand mm-hmm. started over there. You know, and um, while we may have differences in our approaches to the business, he's a powerhouse and he's mm-hmm. a he's a local legend. And um, you know, there was a there was a Right when I opened up, probably about six months after I opened up, I sponsored this little Wahoo tournament, mm-hmm. and he wanted to fish in the tournament, and I was the uh, the weigh-in banner was uh, that's where my sponsorship banner went was at the weigh-in scales, and the way they had to do the scale, they actually couldn't hang my banner, so the guy felt bad, so he made every team that went up hold my banner up, and when RJ's team got up there, <laughs> RJ held my the real deal up like this, and I I got a text, I'm like, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, what the. F- you know, like, yeah. no, I did not see that. I was like, holy crap. But I, back then, I don't think he even, I was so new. Like, yeah. I don't even think he knew who I was. RJ's going to kill me, but we're flashing that picture up right about now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's on my uh, Instagram. Just looked about a year and a half ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was like it was like crazy to me. And then I, I, I put it up that day, and, I, you know, I said it was more flattering than anything just to have somebody of that yeah. nature who's been – a local legend in the tackle business for so long to even just do that gesture, you know, like, yeah, he's I don't want to sound an authority fisherman too. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to sound like, like a dick, but like, I'm not going out doing that right now. <laughs> like if somebody came up to me, like here, hold this up for a picture of like one of my competitors, like even though I don't mind them. Right. Well, you're in, it's your business. Yeah. You know, but I mean? it was his business. That's why I like, I get no, credit yeah, for doing yeah, it, for sure. you know? Well, that's but again, there's a fine line, like we always say in like in Connected by Water, it's like, well, Connected by Water, like the whole theory behind it is like community, yeah. right? Like we're all kind of like, you talk about the bubble, but like once you really get into the community, the bubble's even smaller, yep. right? But we're all kind of like in this together, but we're kind of not. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But it's against like, each other. Yeah, but you, if you do it for a living, you're getting paid. You're okay. There's the basic law of competition is alive and well, you know what I mean? But yep. at the end of the day, it's like we are still a community and we all still got to do them like embrace each other a little bit. So when I worked, unless you're, you know, like some places that we spoke about yeah. before the show, but <laughs> leave those for later. Yeah. Um, so I used to work for a $7 billion distributor that sold every brand in the world, you name it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got there that I, I, I like truly understood competition. So like once a month there were, we were part of what was called the big four. Mm-hmm. And in consumer electronics, there's four monster distributors. We were the smallest at 7 billion. The biggest one's a $60 billion distributor. And each month, the big four finance departments would have a call with each other. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, we're like banging heads every day. It's like the mafia commission. Yeah. So they'd have a call and they'd be like, hey, what account is hurting? You know, who's, how's your credit looking with this one? Are they paying? Are they this? And these aren't like Joe Bob's repair shop for iPhones in Mm -hmm. Arkansas. It's like, how's Walmart doing? How's Best Buy? Now, clearly, don't worry about Walmart, but some of these regional chains that we don't know about here in South Florida, but like, could be like a Kroger or Fred Meyer or... Uh, ABC Electronic in Michigan, you know, you start asking how are they doing, how's their credit worthiness, and then they'd share that. Hey, we've downgraded. Hey, Kmart's been on a downward spiral for two years. We just cut their line. They're not a customer. Mm-hmm. And then we would all share that data, and it helped us all. And then the sales departments would have these calls and say, "Hey guys, we spent too long making a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's not helping any of us. Let's just have an understanding that yeah, we're all going to scratch for business." But you dropping your pants every single time is not helping any of us. Right. We're not here. I mean, if, if anybody un- doesn't understand that you, me, the next businessman, anybody that's in business is in business to make money, then you're kind of lost from reality. Like, that's the goal of a business is to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. So, but when you race to the bottom, 
It makes it very hard. Very hard. And I mean, everything in America has been a race to the bottom for a very long time now. Um, when I got into selling it to retail, there was a very common term. Anybody that listens that, that knows what I'm talking about is called Keystone. Mm-hmm. Keystone is double your, the, double double your money. Price, yeah. yeah, it's keep your margin whole at 50%. 50% margin is 100% double of your, your money. <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Finding Keystone is like, there's nothing that you can make that on. Very right. few things. Yeah. Make it on like $2 hooks. Cost right. you a dollar. Like the forty dollar hooks that cost you thirty five. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, it's cheap stuff, you know. Right. And um like that, real reels is the same way. Like, there's oh, no markup on reels. I, I give there? you guys an insight. Most people don't know this. So selling PlayStations to Walmart. Two ninety nine retail. What does Walmart pay for that? No clue. Two ninety five. Loss leader? So by the time they get it to their DC and put it on their trucks, mm-hmm. move it to their stores, they've lost money. So it's a loss leader. Gets it's kind of like door. that's what I used to do with like refrigerators. Yeah, I mean, but this is every. That, but they this used to do that. Every, See, I was in a very similar yeah. industry with you with the music distribution. I worked for the world's largest distributor of CD, DVD, and Blu-ray. Yep. The Alliance the Entertainment. One here in Alliance Alliance Alliance, yep. I was I was a senior creative director there. I ran the whole creative and marketing department. I had twenty designers underneath me, and we marketed all the same customers you did. Yep. Best Buy, Walmart, we distributed all of them. We yep. were the world's largest. But still, there were Super D's in California. There was other distributors that they did the same thing. We were all yep. we eventually merged with them because you know with, yeah. with streaming and everything. The entire industry, like the it's like crazy how it happened. Coconut right? in a bra. It's just like fell right to the bottom of the floor. But yeah, man, I get it. It's like you know, so. But for Best Buy, we were their lost leader. Yep, we're like they had to explain that to us as a creative department one time. Like I walked into Best Buy, and I'm like, wait a minute. Our magazine's showing that they're buying that new Madonna release for twelve ninety nine. How are they selling it for ten ninety nine? They don't care. When they got it from us, and I know how much they're buying it yeah. for. And then the head of marketing explained to me like the yeah, music we're a lost leader to them. Yeah. That gets them in the store to buy, to buy refrigerators and, and whatever TVs it is. and all the other stuff. So when you go buy a PlayStation, I mean it comes with one controller. Maybe if you get a lucky a couple times a year it comes with a game. Yeah. What what else do you have to buy? Right. Games, controllers, yep. chargers, all your accessories. Accessories, yeah. That's where the big bucks come in. Yep. Games sure. is where the huge bucks are. So, like, you go make a PlayStation game right now, just your licensing fee from PlayStation is $16 per disc you print. Mm-hmm. Not per disc you sell. So, uh, you made your game, you spent all this money to create it, now your licensing fee is $16 per disc. That's yeah. why there's no money. On the other side, they don't care. Right. That's where the problem is. The retail come. world is so weird. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, reels are like that too. People think we make like a ton of money on reels. The margins are very thin on reels. Yeah. We need to sell you line, a rod, lures, terminal tackle. Those are our good deals. Somebody walks in, buys a reel, walks out without getting it spooled. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You feel like you're losing money because the next guy might have got it spooled and bought a rod and everything else, you know? So, but it's, you don't, I don't look at any of it that way. It's like people come in my store, like, you take credit card, you take this. I'm like, I take Bitcoin, credit card, IOUs, yeah. check, cash, PayPal, Venmo, right. whatever you want. Leave I don't say no, you know, like, because <laughs> leave a kid, you leave I don't care job. about the cost of that yeah. the business. You know, if it's 3% on PayPal or if it's 2.5% to my credit card, it, it all blends at the end of the, 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 the quarter of the month. Yeah, no, people, yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, it doesn't really. But let me just make day. it clear. We love cash. We love cash. <laughs> no, we, do, we do love cash. Especially but when, even if you're using cash, you I'm still charging you tax people. This isn't 1990. Right. So. Especially when you buy an original painting commission, we love yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, business is, is interesting right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely different that I've seen over 20 years of doing retail. Mm-hmm. 
you know, people ask me, hey, you know, you spent 20 years in retail selling big box, watching the big guys smash the little guys. Everybody's like, oh, all the little guys are going out of business. And I'm like, no, they're not. All the crappy little guys are going out crappy of business. The good guys. ones are always going to yeah. be there. Right. You know, you're, you're not walking into Walmart right now and finding a Stan Rue or Sea Witch mm-hmm. or No Live Ain't Needed or the next guy. So, now, nah, little, you just got to bring something to the table. If you bring nothing to the table and you're just doing the same crap every day or you sell the same crap as Walmart or the next guy, what, what do you bring? There's no reason for them to go there. I think with the exceptional Walmart, I think a lot of big box really took a huge hit throughout this, didn't they? No. No? Uh, so clothing, anything where you had to get really up close and raw, That's what I mean. Max, like, those big box definitely hurt. Like Bass Pro didn't do too well throughout this thing, did they? Oh, they killed it. On the, on e-com? In-store. An in-store? In-store. And then boat sales. Breaking. Boat sales are up 210%. I know boat sales are up. Bass Pro, you walk in Bass Pro right now, it's empty. Everything's bought. And everything they get in sells. It's crazy. I have customers coming to my store every day. Oh, yeah, I went to Bass Pro first. They didn't have it. I'm like, well, thanks for going there first. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I appreciate you spending little guy, you know. I, well, I heard in the beginning of coronavirus it wasn't going too well. I closed down for two weeks. Yeah. But I didn't do it because of business. My business was actually really good. So in the beginning, you know, there's media lying to us. You didn't right, know what yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Single dad. So we did the same thing, too. We, yeah. we all went home, and then after a while, we just started creeping back in here. Yeah. Like, why are we home? So we made a decision. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, it was two weeks. You got to, two weeks. You know, you got to. Right. So I, we made the decision, asked my son where he wanted to go. And he's like, Dad, I just got a puppy at Mommy's house. I'm like, yo, yeah. you know, I'll work. Yeah. No problem. And then, like, as we were coming up in the end of the two weeks, I was like, this is not going to be two weeks. Like mm-hmm. I can't go longer without seeing my child, you know? And then, um, she's like, all right, well, yeah, we can go take him back. You know, but you got a quarantine for quarantine two weeks. For two Cause weeks, that's what yeah. they thought you had right. to do, even if you weren't sick. Right. So I closed the store. I did I remember seeing curbside and deliveries where I didn't see anybody mm-hmm. and quarantine for two weeks to get my kid back. Not a business decision. It was a life decision. You know, it's kind of really crazy. Um, like in the beginning, cause you didn't know, what the hell this thing really was. So everyone's kind of like, yeah, there was like Friday the 13th, like March 13th. That's yeah. like really when everyone really, Thought you left the house, you're going to die. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I remember like looking around to like everyone over here, like, all right, everyone just go home. I'll call you like over the weekend. So we can <laughs> figure this out. Let's just go home. Right. Cause you start seeing all these stories flying around. And then, um, then I said, the policy is basically like, if you want to work from home, we'll get you network access. You can work from home. If you feel more comfortable, that's fine like that. I'm like, I'm going to work from home just this week. Just to see like, cause you know where things were going yeah. and you hear all the crazy stories. It's funny that you don't see the funny memes anymore. No. Nope. Right. They used to, in the beginning of this, like the memes were hilarious. They were all over the place. All oh, coronavirus is coronavirus that now we're like, all right, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah. We're done. <laughs> like, please. Like, it's just like, this is too long. This is too crazy. Yeah. Like they stop. But I think at this point, like obviously coronavirus is real. Right. Yeah, because 100%. people are getting sick. You know, the information I mean? isn't real though. The information isn't real. The statistics are. I I personally think I'm going to raise my hand. I'm a firm believer that um, Florida's is being sabotaged with their numbers right now for political reasons. Everything's political. I think we're in a. Pl- Listen, we're in an election year. Nothing is done in an election year that has not that doesn't have anything to do with the election. And Everything I, is about the I election. Think people year just don't again. understand like how strong the government they're keep, is. They're keeping Biden hidden. Yeah. God, we're getting into politics. Here no, we go, John. No, no pause, no pause. No, we can They're keeping <laughs> him hidden. They don't want him to open his mouth. How's your business been since it reopened? Phenomenal. So through the roof. This is a um like And a, I'm not kidding. It's a sore subject because I truly feel bad for the businesses that are still hurting, mm-hmm. people that are still out of work. 
But every business owner that shops at my store, no matter what the industry, is having a record break in three months. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Roofers, repair guys, car dealers, boat dealers, anybody, doesn't matter the business. If they're open, they're booming. Mm-hmm. My business has doubled in the last three months. Every tackle shop has done the same. Um, shops that were hurting got saved by Corona. Yep. Um, shops that were doing good are now doing great. Shops that are doing great are Economy's up. If you, they tried. They, a, they tried lot. their best. They gave there's it their. A, they gave it the old college of, try, but they couldn't stop it. There's a lot of free money flowing around. You know, whether it was stimulus, PPP, SBA, a lot of money going around. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't just give out you know four trillion dollars and it just doesn't go. Guys are buying Lamborghinis. Listen, Did you hear about that guy? Guys can't. Yeah, the one of my the one that scammed a few million bucks in Miami. <laughs> Look, we're the U.S. population doesn't know how to save money. No, we spend it. I don't care who you are. It's how we roll, man. Yep. So people got free money. They spent it. The guy that always wanted that four hundred dollar reel that you know couldn't really afford it. When he got that twelve hundred bucks, it was easy, you know. Yeah. Or and then, but it was every other business. But then there's there are movie theaters, your bars, your restaurants, which the, the restaurants, hospitality, the really hospitality business is yeah. bad, bad, yeah. bad. But anybody else that's open, because that free money also led to the guy that needed a new roof, got his new right. roof. The guy that wanted to remodel his kitchen. The the girl well, so that like the one door closes together, one opens kind of thing, and that that's kind of what happened yep. here. Hundred you know, percent. Like you know, there are certain things that you know, but you know, restaurants are still take doing the takeout business pretty good. I you know, so I, but during, when, during the first closure, there's a restaurant very close by. I'm not going to say the name. We'll talk about it after. It's literally 30 seconds away from here. Um, they didn't want to reopen because mm-hmm. they were so busy doing carryout. And just making so much money yeah. doing carryout. The people that really took and this was like a sit down slash carryout. Yeah, the staff hurts. Yeah, but he didn't want to reopen because he's like, he's like I'm, I'm making more money than I've ever made. My mm-hmm. overhead's down, and but he's now reopened obviously, and the staff's back, and I wish everybody gets back to work. So I've actually added four employees in the last mm-hmm. four months. Um, I never laid an employee off, even when I closed for two weeks. I paid all my employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sat home, did nothing. But I just feel like you know yeah, that was, that was you, my man. decision. Yeah, good for you. That wasn't their decision. That was my decision. So yeah. Um. So we did that. But yeah, no, it's it's every single business owner I talk mm-hmm. to that's not in hospitality. Yep. They're all booming. Every single one. Well, especially I mean, it's for us too. If boat sales are up, then our business is up through the roof. That, that's just the bottom line. That, that trickles down to us. It, it so does. that's how connected we are yeah. by the water. Yeah, by water. Sell right. more boats, I'm going to sell more fishing reels. Sell yep. more boats, you're going to sell more designs. And mm-hmm. we're all connected in a way that people don't even realize. Right. So, and, uh, you know, for the fishing community, as terrible as Corona is, um, for the fishing business, I should say, it was one of the best things that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Not just from the boost in business, it created 10% new fishermen at least. Yeah. Because you weren't allowed to do anything else. Yep. Let's go fishing. And then it brought back in another 10% that kind of didn't fish maybe once a year. They would turn into the four times a week guy all of a sudden. Now they got the bug back. Mm-hmm. So you now had this, not only everybody want to get outside. You, yeah. you, you, everyone's locked inside. You want to get outside. You want to expose your kids to this. I went to GameStop the other day. My son needed a new PlayStation controller. I broke it by accident. And uh, I walked in. I'm like, yeah, I need a new PS4. Where, where did you lose? What, the that, you broke, that you broke a controller. Uh, well, was it Madden? No, no, was it? no we're not going to get into that. 
<laughs> when he's when he's bad, I don't I don't hit. I'm like not a believer in hitting my child. But no, I could I'd throw the. No, I'll break your controller though, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, so yeah, so that was a little smash and go. But um, so I went in. They're like they laughed at me. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like we haven't seen a controller in months. Like console in months. Like we sold out instantly. Like people are sitting home. Mm-hmm. I'm like shit. Yeah, I get it. You know. Yeah. Then I went online. I went to Amazon. Like PS4 controller zero. Best mm-hmm. Buy zero. I'm like. And that's when I felt a lot better about the supply constraints that I'm having in my mm-hmm. business. Right. I'm like, Shh. if Best Buy and Amazon, I mean, GameStop doesn't have consoles and controllers. I shouldn't feel bad, be bad about, you know, a 10 or 15% outage in my store. You know, that's the yeah. core of their business. Right. So it's happening all around. I mean, I even talked to um, a friend of mine um, who makes custom lures. Um, that, Craig. Well, not Craig, but the oh, Andy okay, Moyes. I was talking to Andy oh, yeah, Moyes yeah. about it. And, you know, he was like, yeah, man, supply chain, it's very tough to get the materials I need right now. Not just the materials, the hooks. Right. The need to make his hook sets. Yeah. It's everything. So, But I did see Craig made a lure for you. Yeah, Craig made a custom lure for me. That's my, my dude. Name on it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw it. his lures, so we've always sold them in my store. And Yeah, so I'm going to be throwing that in that painting. No, I saw it. After, I'll sick. show you, I'll show you um, how I'm gonna, the angle I'm going to do. It's the right color, too. That's my favorite. The yeah, tiger he was orange. Like, he was like taking pictures of it and I'm like, nah, can you just turn it this way? Can you just turn it this way. And he's like, what's your address? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gonna send it to you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Craig's uh there. Craig's an amazing lore builder. Um my opinion, one of, if not the best Wahoo lore makers locally. Mm-hmm. Um but see that's the thing like people don't get like you can't be all. And he doesn't have to be. He you know he He's really good at marketing, not the best, but that's not his thing. He's mm-hmm. a lore builder. He's a creator. He creates things like you, an artist. And that's where people sometimes don't understand. It's like you can't do it all. you got to surround yourself with good people to do certain things if you want the business to be right, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like being here. Like I, I was able to walk out of my store today feeling okay about it. You know, mm-hmm. i got three guys there right now that anything that goes on, they're capable, you know? If you do, there's nobody that can do anything on their own. No, there's no doubt. I, I'm, You're the driver. I, I can attest. I can attest to that for sure. I mean, if, case in point, this show doesn't happen without him. Yep. Like no, every down. time. So every time we talked to Plan, he's like, the first thing you said was like, let me let me f- find out when John's going to be available. Yeah, oh, that man. was the first thing. There's no way. There's a, not even just the yeah. episode. I mean, the but first just, time you told me that like you, know, you didn't need him and he's trapped. Not trapped. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was that was after you know, I, I tried to do it myself. Yeah. I tried to do it myself <laughs> once, and it's just you know, I, I guess I do need him. No, I know. I'm looking over and like there's. No, the notes are yeah. Oh yeah, he, there's a lot. Of that goes See the way he it. edits the show is, is gorgeous, right? He does the whole thing, but it's not even just the episode, not even just the editing that he does. But it's just like building this entire room. Yeah, like just you know, I, yeah, I did the art, but you know, it's falling apart a little bit over here. Yeah, it's but falling, it's, it's got some <laughs> Still, falling off the wall. <laughs> Mahi comes in. Jenny's dog, Mahi. Yeah, anyway, yeah. oh, so anyway, shout out. I promised I'd do this. You did at, it already. Oh, at, at eyes of Mahi. I think it's eyes underscore of. Underscore Mahi. Is that follow her dog's eyes Instagram? Of Mahi. It's his dog. She's, she said, she's gonna do I want followers for Mahi. Blah, blah, blah. Eyes of Mahi at Instagram. There, Jenny, I did it. Okay. My, um, um, so anyways, what I was going to say was he built this whole room, right? But we also have the, like Jenny who runs production, right? And we got Brian, who's the art director and like, you know, helping out, like laying all these things. It's like, you Imagine need you these had to people, do all that. You know? Yeah. No, Can't. I was doing all of that. Yeah. And that was part of the problem in the past where it's like with the under-promise, over-deliver kind of thing. Because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I can do all that. Yeah. And you find out very quickly that, you know, you cannot. You know, it's a team effort. You know, anything that's meaningful. I yeah. think you can't do it on your own. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I got my, my shop manager. And I still can't afford to take any time off. <laughs> I neither do I. Yeah. My shop manager right now, my main thing is 
you know, Corona really put this in my, my head is I'm teaching how to do everything I do. Mm-hmm. I teach it. I need a backup plan. Like not even just Corona, you know, right. like if I got Corona right now, obviously I got to sit home for two weeks that I need somebody to know what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. But like what happens in the future? If like something else happens that I got to be out for a week or two or three or, yep. you know, making sure that somebody there that could run it and do it and, and all that. So that's, you know, you, us in South Florida, we have that hurricane preparedness plan, right? which last year I got, hit, you know, as a new business owner, that was my first time going, holy crap, what do I do in the case of a storm? And, you know. Especially you, you got the glass storefront. <laughs> I got big guns. No, I'm joking. No, I'm saying, yeah, like, no, no, it's true. What if something no, no, happened? I have, I have, a, I have, I have accordion shutters, luckily. Yeah. So that helps. But um, last year showed us our inexperiences with it and taught us a lot. I, I took every reel in the store home. I, didn't want yeah. I was like, looters are going to get them all, even though my place is like Fort Knox. Right. I mean, I got bars. I got 20 security cameras. The only way to get in my store is <laughs> edit that to out. To the what? <laughs> <laughs> Bleep. What part? Yeah. Um, specific part. But yeah, the and then not only that, you know, last year they said that storm was going to be like the worst rainstorm ever. So anything that was below like three feet, we took down and then like raised it. It's a lot of work. Oh, it took us like two, it took us a good week to get the store back together. <laughs> oh man! It's so like that's not happening this weekend. Yeah. Well, we got we got a storm eyeing us right now, which yeah. I'm welcoming with open arms. Yeah, because it's a baby. It's a little one, and um, I want it to be. I want it to scare the tourists, the COVID lace tourists. I want them to go home. I'm just looking at it like, not too many people are going to fish in a bunch of rain in fifty. Right. So like, I might actually get to close for a day. Yeah. <laughs> like I run a seven day a week business. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. So last year I got smart. I closed on Thanksgiving. That was the only day we were closed last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, so 364 days. And the, that's the tiring part of what that's I got. That's a tough part about retail. People ask us all the time, like, oh, are you going to have a store? And I'm like, we do so much custom business, right? Like that's like the meat and potatoes of what we do is custom. We have retail. Yeah. We have an e-com model. We do well at it. Yep. You know what I mean? But it's, it's nothing. Remember your Bahama shirt? It's... <sighs> You weren't ready for that. That was a good good learning experience. I wasn't ready for that at all. I mean, $40,000 donation. We sold, God, I don't know how many shirts it was in in three and a half days. That's all I had to do. It was all through email. Yeah. All through email. We didn't even have a web. We didn't have an e com website up. (laughs) People were emailing me this. So I do that now. I have a website, but my my focus is laser focus on the store. And. It goes back to, like, I don't like half-assing anything. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of money on my website, but the pr- loading of the product is a very expensive process, either time or paying a company mm-hmm. to do it. Yep. And I've had to, like, put it on the back burner. And it's like, where do I find time or money to do it all, you know? See, yeah, well, we did it all here. Trust me, you're preaching the choir. It's not an easy task. No, people it's don't understand that. It's a very time-consuming task. I mean, I'm talking, like, late nights, weekends. Blah, like I have 4,000 products on my website right now. Excuse. It's nothing. Like, for me to have my complete website the way that it needs mm-hmm. to be, it's 20,000 SKUs. Yeah. I have, like, uh, 11,000 SKUs in my store right now. Wow. When he makes all the different size swivels, hooks, mm-hmm. this, that, skirt colors, this. I mean, it's, See, and then you got to weigh out whether or not, like, the time or the whatever. I'm loading pay it. pay for someone. If I pay, it. it's $3 a product. Right. And then there you go. I mean, <laughs> but for every single little hook. Everything. <sighs> No, thanks. That's why my website lacks. You're have to but do getting it back to your email right? thing is I do a substantial amount of business online. Yeah. But it's not through my website. It's through social media. Right. Through forums and groups and just communicating with people. Right. 
like actually talking to somebody. So, you know, luckily we're a five-star shop. Uh, mm-hmm. Every platform you go to, Google, Facebook, Yelp, doesn't matter, 100% five stars, not even one single four-star. Mm-hmm. Actually, wait, I take that back. So I just saw the other day on Yelp, some lady cut me off on the road, and I, like, yelled at her. And then she, oh, she, no. she went Did to Yelp, and she was like, the guy the driving truck. the real deal yeah. truck yelled at me. And I'm like, wait, oh, lady, man. you cut me off. Like, the real deal truck. Yeah, like, you cut me off. And Okay, anyway, so, like, that's yeah. the only four-star I have, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, so, like, but that's that goes back to just, like, answering people. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody writes and asks a question, like, I'm quick to answer. And I, I'm the one that runs all my social media pages, so mm-hmm. they always get an answer from me. Yep. So it's not, oh, let me go ask the boss, let me go ask this. Even though, it's like, something I don't like, I always tell them I got to ask my boss. I have three people. I, have three. <laughs> I use that one a lot. That's Guys funny. will come in trying to sell me something. They're like, yeah, you know, we're going to sell this. I'm like, oh, the boss isn't here today, but I'll get with him for yeah. you, you know? yeah. Oh, I, oh, well, let me ask Dennis, see what he says. Yeah. Hold on. No, but no, I got, we have actually three people across all of our social media platforms that know the answer to everything. So yeah, people that's are, awesome. I hope I can to get do. to that point. Yeah. Married to my phone. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So where are we living though? There's a couple of things I want to show you out here that hopefully you can help me out with too. Yeah. Speaking sure. of, speaking of which, so yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was fun. You got to be a regular on the show. We'll do it. You live like right down the street. Literally, yeah. yeah. So, well, I live on 1750 yeah. East Commercial. That's, that's my real house. I have a I have a condo over here with a bed in it. That Dude, I, that I say I that all the time. But I'm like, if there were a shower in this building, I'd never freaking. So come where home. I got lucky is like two units down from me was a, a tarot card place. Going back to our fronts. Um, and uh, they got evicted, and it was empty for like a year and a half. But they lived in there. And oh, I had the key no, really? to it to do showings, but they had this like gorgeous bathroom they built, like a shower. So I was like, when I slept there, I always had like a nice shower to go shower in. <laughs> oh my god, like, it was awesome! It was great. <laughs> now it's rented out, and I'm like, man, I can't ever sleep there again. But I try not to do that anymore if I don't have to. Yeah, no, it's funny. We got the we got the couch back here. I got. I had to get of rid of my casting the couch. TV. The TV works. The casting know? couch is gone, man. It's uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> the casting couch. <laughs> That. Yeah, it's gone, unfortunately. <laughs> we had to move it out. We needed more freezers. So yeah. We're up to seven freezers. By the way, good luck trying to buy a freezer anywhere in the state right now. Yeah, no, I looked. They're gone. I know. Everybody hoarding their food for Corona. That's yeah. exactly it. I, I had to buy out. a bunch of little ones. I was going to buy I'm one for the back porch, a reach-in. Let me know. I'm yeah. friends with the owners of Brandsmark. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they used to be a big customer of mine. All right. Yeah. So I can get you one. All right. Anytime you need freezers, TVs, electronics, anything with a plug. Mm-hmm. I'm your plug. All right. Cool. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. Hey. <laughs> so let's do some plugs for the store. Yeah. Right. So real deal bait and tackle. Yep. Right. In Oakland Park, Florida. Fort Lauderdale. So Fort I'm actually Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. It is, it's off Oakland Park? So it's off commercial. commercial. It's off commercial. Yeah. But the way the map. Oh, I knew zigs, that. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. way the map zigs, we're actually, we're, 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 we're considered Fort Lauderdale, which nice. is weird because like right here on Cypress and 31st is also Fort Lauderdale, which is like strange. Yeah, it's weird how some things, and Tamarack goes out like, yeah. so far, it's kind of weird. Yeah, one side's Tamarack, one side's Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, how do you do that? those two together? All right, so but, don't go down in Oakland, go down commercial. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep, and so, we're, uh, we're two miles east of 95 on the south side, uh, commercial on 18th. We're a half mile west of Federal, mm-hmm. and uh, there's an Aldi on the other side of the street, and um, yeah, it's... Uh, and what's the uh, the social media there? At Real Deal Bait and Tackle, fully spelled out for both Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're definitely way more active on Instagram. 
but everything we kind of do on Instagram goes to Facebook automatically, but we answer both. And um, our website's at is www.realdealbaitandtackle.com. Don't use it yet, please. We're not, like, fully ready, but you guys can go check it out. It's mm-hmm. got, got some pretty cool design to it. And, um, yeah. That's it, and you're going you're gonna to get the, uh, the, we cu- may be the mo- custom concierge service when they come see you. So. We may be moving here soon, though. Really? Uh, yeah, we're working on it. You like so. to talk about that yet? I don't want to jinx it is more so than All talk right. about it. So. I'm not going to Yeah, we got... We're in the final negotiations on a new space. So nice. right next to where we are, though, still staying close, but on federal, east of federal, on federal. So, oh, very cool. Yeah, so it changes the whole game when you're obviously east mm-hmm. of federal. So, Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, very, very cool. Nice little street called Bayview. That, that's right over there. That's right where I went to high school. Yep. That's right near Gibbons. Yep. Very cool. That's commercial on Bayview, but yeah, very close by. Yeah, so you're not going to, all right, yeah. It's uh, federal on Bayview. Federal if on if Bayview. I get it, I don't want to jinx myself, but. We'll see. We're looking. No matter what, we're going to find a bigger space. So that's our next move. Nice. Yep. So, but right now it's, you would think that there's like all these spaces available with Corona. But there's not. Yeah. <laughs> like the only ones you're finding are like 30,000 square feet, which I would love it. But <laughs> business is Where good. Else? Business is good. The economy is good. Listen, I know uh, people are a little scared about the whole coronavirus rising cases thing. You know, listen, take it with a grain of salt. Work harder. Live your life. Work hard. Be true to your family. Be true to your friends. Listen, don't go crazy. All right. Yep. A lot of people are going insane right now. They're getting cabin fever and they're having some problems like that. Um, take a deep breath. Relax. Go outside. Go fishing. Yeah, exactly. Go outside. Go fishing. Get some fresh air. Fresh right? air heals all. Yeah, this is not the end of the world, contrary to what CNN would make you believe. Yeah, it's, um, you know, a lot of people that got it? Uh, no, I know a couple. See, I know a lot. But. I know a lot. And yeah. every single one's fine. The only one that's not is, uh. Early on, which I don't believe this was the cause, but my primary care doctor was the first doctor in the country to die mm-hmm. from it. But I still don't believe that was why he died. Right. So, you know, I don't believe why yeah. any of the numbers. But, yeah, but I know I've at this point I know a lot of people that have had yeah. it. I don't know a ton. I know a few. I mean, but. No, nah, probably up know. to like 75 people I know at least. Really? At least. Wow. Yeah. I've been exposed to it as we, we had yeah. to reschedule this. Yeah. I got lucky on that one. You know, I was around somebody for eight hours that had it. Mm-hmm. Next day they got sick, but luckily I tested good. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, I mean. See, me personally, I've been like, I'm just like low key in general. So that's me too. But for the most part, I'm, I'm bouncing between my house, which is 10 minutes away, and the studio. My house. And People studio, don't understand my that's house what I and do my too. studio. And, and it's like, it's not like a lot of things are really like open, open. You know what I mean? So I'm not like going like around. Yeah, I just don't feel like my son's like, can we go to the movies? I'm like, eh. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, the way I look at it is just listen, just don't do anything stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to my, my parents and, and here in my studio, and that's pretty much the three places that yeah. we're going. You're, you're the, doing the big age group fishing. of people I'm seeing it with is those you know, 17 to 24 year old kids that are partying there. They're getting it hardcore, but yeah. it doesn't affect them. So, right. right. They don't even know it in most cases. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it will pass soon. It'll pass. What day is the election? Yeah, it rains. Second, it's over. Second, Second it's, it's over. over. We got a vaccine. Oh, you don't even need a vaccine. It's going to go away. The season's yeah. over. Yeah, we're not going. We're not going to hear from BLM for another four years. Oh, I don't want to go down that road. So, so anyway, sorry. Did I just say that? I did. It kind of slipped out. Bleep. No, we don't have to beat we that. We use BLM roll, in, our, in our store a lot. What's that? We use BLM in our store a lot. Do you? Yeah, bait lives matter. There you go. So that's about it. You know, blackfin lives matter. Yeah. Yeah. Not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them all. It's another yeah. one they just put the regs on. I know Art was unhappy about that one. So Yeah. Was it four? Two per person, max 10 per boat. Max 10. 
Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Two, not four. Yeah. See, the only one I think they need a rig on is mahi at this point. They're just, they get them for like three weeks, four yeah. weeks, and then yeah. all peanuts, and they're just gone. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just patterns that aren't bringing them here like they used to, or if there's just. I think it could be sharks. It could be a factor, too. Mm, you don't think so? Not on mahi. Yeah. You know, you, you, I've you, seen you, some getting shark. Yeah, you get, yeah. Recently, I've seen a lot more of it. Yeah. I think the biggest impact on the mahi fishery is the Chinese long-range boats. Yeah, I brought that up with Art, and he said that it's that's the debatable. Because I thought that, too. I'm like, well, it's got to be harvesting out. They wreck the fisheries. Of, yeah. They but, are um, like... They but he says he it. hasn't been seeing enough of the commercial vessels out there to, to substantiate it. But I'm like, I don't My know. My problem, the, our thing is they're not here. Yeah. yeah. So they're not here. They'll be on the other side of the Bahamas. That's what or, I'm saying. Or right. they'll be yeah. down in Panama. And then this that school, you know, these fish are highly migratory. Right. Yeah. So they recorded exactly. a mahi recently that started in Boynton Beach. And I think it was uh, 40 days later was in Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like insane right. how fast they can move. And so like they're catching them during their migration patterns. And we're seeing a lot of migration patterns change. So it's just like the sharks adapting to the boats. They come to your boat now. Mm-hmm. Are these fish getting smarter? And oh, the fish are dumb. But are they learning to adapt yeah, to either. our fishing yeah. patterns, though? Like, right. if they know that, I don't know. You know, like, why this year did the glass minnow run start a month and a half early? Mm-hmm. And it made for the best summer fishing ever. Mm-hmm. Why are there mullet pods in Sebastian already when it's an October thing? You know, like, so, like. So you're seeing a lot of the pattern shift, and I think that's just evolution of the earth. Like mm-hmm. things don't happen the same exact time every single year, but this year's been cycles, very yeah, early on those things. I mean, speaking about early, we got storms in July. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems like everything's coming early this year. Yeah, and last year was because they flipped a lot the of switch. Late. The, the, it's the uh, Democrats. They had to they had to start everything early. <laughs> it really is them. <laughs> they control the. It really isn't. They get they got like the hurricane machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, something like in that. Africa, they just somebody out there doing. It. I feel like Nancy Pelosi's. That's like, awesome. Chuck Schumer, like, oh, gosh. harder, harder, faster, uh, faster. It's so we bad. need a five out of this one. So have you always been a Republican? Um, I can't say that I've always been political. Ah, see, I've always been political, but I. I felt early on in life I was a Democrat. I think a lot of young people make that yeah. mistake. And then what happened, yeah, no, it's 100%. What happened was is, but even early on, I would take, like, people don't realize this, but, like, you can go online and take these political tests, like a 200-questionnaire. They're quick. They're, like, taking about 30 minutes. And it's like you're playing solitaire, so, like, don't cheat. You're playing against yourself. Right. And it'll tell you really what you truly are. And I always come in, like, 54% Democrat, 46%. Republican. So I was like, I was the pure example of right down the middle. Mm-hmm. I was like when I was 25. Now it's like 84% Republican. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a couple things, obviously, you know, I'm a human and I'm nice or try to be nice. You know, I care about people's lives that I'll f- match with the left on. Right. Not like the extreme left, but just the left. Sure. And, but I think as you get older, so I think you're 16 to 25, you're heavily Democrat, you know, right. because it's a very utopian idea. Correct. That's why. Then at twenty five, you start not, going. You know, a, lot, a lot of their ideas are not realistic. Yeah, yeah I got to live. And you start, you start moving the scale. And I used to have this guy I work with. He's like, he's like, yeah, you'll be a Republican. I'm like, no, nah, I <laughs> yeah. never will. And now I look back, I'm like, damn, that dude was right. Like, as you start caring about your finances, your children, yeah, you start becoming your future, a responsible adult, and so, yeah. realize, yeah, you don't want to pay. For, like, I don't mind helping. I don't right. want to pay for anybody else's crap. I'm struggling. Like, 
people don't see it. Like, how much did you struggle in the beginning? Mm-hmm. You don't show it because you're the type of guy. I'm, I'm the same way. Like, even through all my struggles the last two years, personally, financially, nobody saw it on my face. I'm, I'm gonna because you're an accountable, responsible. Person. I did it. It was yeah. a choice I made. Right. You know. Um, so even through all that, like, you know, I don't want to. You know, I don't take anything. I grew up in a very conservative house, right? But, I mean, even then, like, when you're younger, you know, you do open your mind to, like, different things, and then, you know, it's cooler to be a Democrat because, the whatever, the styles and the music and, like, whatever. It's like, you know, and, like, yeah, we all want to fight for something. It's, like, this cool, like, niche to fall into. Should we make a new rule? What's that? Can't get a voter's registration unless you live on your own. Yeah. And then... All those young kids have vote left on voting. You know what? All right, so I have, you know what I think the, the, the number one thing this country needs to do right now, um, which is I think is a big deal, is term limits. Oh, my gosh. I, th- I think that is, in fact, I wrote notes on my phone. You want me to read them out? Yeah. Oh, my God. Should I do that? Yeah. I have outlined on my, this is, this is, this is the things I do when I'm just, like, not, like, doing business. So you did these on the shitter. We were about to. We were. <laughs> we, we were oh about my gosh! To, I think Nancy I did. Pelosi. A, I think. I did a fucking Pelosi. I think. Um, no, I think I did this like on a Saturday morning. Like I was just drinking my coffee yeah. like, before the TV went on and everything like that, and I was just thinking about all this bullshit. Like, because you think, man, like, what's the problem with the world right now? Like, what really is the fix? Because listen, although I do think Black Lives Matter, of course I do. I think all right. lives I think matter. All lives matter, right? I don't. I don't see color. But I don't think you. I don't think you need to. To, you know, point out one race like that. Listen, just be respectful. My dude. shop don't manager be an is asshole. black. Right? I don't like, see him prime black. Example. He's just my shop manager. You there know? was a there was a situation a few years back. I don't know if, if you're a big baseball fan at all, but you know who Jeff Kent is. Hold on a second. This will answer. Oh, that's uh, right. You're a Yankee fan. This will answer how much of a baseball fan I am. So you know Jeff Kent. So you know Jeff Kent. You remember the whole Jeff Kent Milton Bradley thing, right? So. Milton Bradley is trying to blame Jeff Kent for being racist in in the dugout, right? But this is when they were in L.A. They were playing for the Dodgers, and Craig Biggio played for played Jeff Kent for years. Yep. And he goes, "Listen, I know Jeff Kent. He's an asshole. He's not a racist. Yeah, there's a big difference. He hates everybody. Yeah, you know, and you see, it wasn't just Milton Bradley. But if you want to look at it like, oh, he hates me, you're going to see your own skin color because he hates me because I'm black. You're the making problem in today's world is like no matter how you say it. Somebody's going to take offense to it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm, I really I'm don't. Right. Listen, I am who I am, and I know I'm not racist, so don't tell me I am. Yep. Listen, all right, so this is, this is, all right, not only just, like, term this for, like, any elected seat. Now, I might be wrong in some of my factual things here. But this is yeah. just what I pumped off, right, when I was like, this is what I think is going to really, like, be a, not fix America, but it's a good start, right? My list of demands for any American elected seat, any elected seat. It goes in a mayor right down the street, too. All the way up to a senator. You know him? I do know him. Scott's my attorney. Is he, he really? He was my child. He was my child uh, custody attorney. I'm I like mad, Scott. I'm, mad, nice I'm mad at Scott Brooke. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He agreed to come on the show twice and he canceled twice. What? Yeah. I talked to Scott this morning, like five thirty in the morning. Did you really? Just because I was asking. Tell him, him to come on the show. Questions. I'll talk to him. I know he's a Democrat, but whatever. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he's a hardcore Democrat. I don't care. He was. A, he's a good attorney. Though. I wanted to talk to him about what, what's the city's response. We're right next door to the Everglades. Yeah. No one ever talks about it in Coral Springs. No. Nah, so I wanted to ask him, I'm like, does the city have any responsibility to the Everglades whatsoever? None. 
You know what I mean? Like, the, what about what are we doing the, with our waterways that run into the Everglades, run in and out of the Spraying Everglades? Spraying them time? nonstop right. to get rid of they a couple are. weeds that are in there. They are. I see the jump boats it looks all the time. Pretty. My my friend's the one that actually does that. That's probably why you didn't want to come in the show. You want me to call him out? Who? Scott. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Scott's, a, like I said, Scott's a nice guy, but yeah, no, the city of Coral Springs cares more about the look than the environment. You They've always been that way. Yeah. Across the street, there's the McDonald's has no arch. The only McDonald's in the world that doesn't have one. Well, they had a, a policy. Now they changed that. Oh, really? Th- that you weren't any of these shopping centers or any store, you were not allowed to have a sign on the roadway. Yeah. Now they adjusted it. If you're a shopping center, they allow you to have it now. Yeah, it's really weird. See, I'm in the forgotten part of Fort Lauderdale, so I like put I put one of those like A-frame road signs out that you're not allowed to have. Like, yeah. I do it until I get a like, you know. slap on the wrist. Eh. Are you ready for my term limits? Yeah. All right, my list of demands for any American legacy. Term limits. Maximum of two terms. No one term lasting more than four years. Right? Effective immediately, meaning those who have already served two or more terms will not be eligible for any further reelections. Furthermore, if you served one term and did not get reelected, then you permanently forego your second term eligibility. Yeah, I like that. If you weren't good enough the first time around, then you can't run again. Yeah. Right? During service of any given term, you shall pay into Social Security. During the service of any term, you will independently pay your own health care and that of your family. Because right now. So that one, I'm like. You go get a decent job, they're going to pay your health care. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm so, saying, but, but I'm know, saying, unless that becomes like a mandate that, yeah. like, you know, during service of any given term, you shall not be eligible for additional income other than your set wage of your elected position. And I'll explain this. This includes any stock market investments or fund contributions. Any current investments you will have will be frozen during your term and will not be eligible to gain interest. No other job may be held. No. So is this just Senate, Congress? High powers. Like that's, for example, that's where I struggle with it. Because yeah, so I understand like Scott, on the Scott's, local level. Right, yeah, on the Scott, local level, you got to. You probably make like 20 grand to be the mayor of Coral Springs. Right. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. You, exactly. Most of these guys are attorneys. So that's a flexible else. thing, but I think that should be more the high level thing. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Like, what's up with the, all these these senators and congressmen? They go in, they're only worth like $50,000. And they come know, out worth And they come millions. back billion and million. Yeah. It's because they know what's going on. before everyone knows it. The lobbyists. They're able to make investments on things. They understand how the landscapes are going to change for everything, and they know what sectors to invest in before anyone else does, and all this stuff, whatever. Anyway, that's why I think that. Right? It's, uh, it's. I'm just. I just again. This no, is just I, like a random. I agree skew, with right? most of this. All donated. All right, here's one. All donated election campaign funds shall be capped based upon the level of office you're running for. This is an equal rule for both new candidates and incumbents. No incumbent may use government or taxpayer funds. For re-election campaigns, which they are but let me add, now. But here's the thing. What? This is what I think a lot of people don't think about is where does the money come from, right? Like, you go donate 10 bucks to Trump every time you see that on Facebook? No. I like him, but, like, I'm not giving no. – the guy don't need my 10 bucks, you know? It right. comes from corporations, all of it. It's all from lobbyists. I know. And nobody, gi- I th- nobody gives that much money away. For just because they like somebody. That's my point. That's my point. There's something. I think elections should be a very canned scenario. I don't think it should be an independent, like, because the most expensive guy wins. Who makes the most money in an election? Who makes the most? uh, Probably the guy running for office. I don't know who makes the money. TV companies. Yeah, well, they do. Radio, where all those ad money, all that ad money goes. I mean. But also there's an imbalance because incumbents, like, they're allowed to use, like, taxpayer funds for their, and then, but people running aren't. 
So they got to like independently raise their own yeah. money. You know, so it's like, it's, it's an unfair part. That's why a lot of, you don't see a lot of turnover. Yeah. Um, all personal campaign donation, don, donations may be made, must be made public record and must be filled into a database for reasons of transparency. Corporations, charities, associations, organizations, or businesses of any kind will no longer be eligible to donate to an election campaign. It's key. All right. There shall be no pensions given to those who have been elected official of any seat. Any pensions currently active shall cease. Once your public service term has ended, your pride, the pr- your pride that you served your nation truthfully and honorably will be your lifelong reward. That's the one that I was waiting to see if you had on the list. That's 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 my You got these guys that will go in at age 32. They'll be in, in Congress or in the Senate for eight years. They get paid for the rest of their life. Right. I know I don't go work a job for eight years and get paid for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Nope. City employees, 30 years, 33 years. Firefighters, 25. Cops, 25, 30. But you go do that job for eight years and make 250 grand a year for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think maybe not everything I said is yeah, but to he, the T crop, but I think that's the general of aspect it. of it. And yeah. I think that I know everybody on the right would agree with it, and I think a portion of the left would too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think. I think I think if you put the stat out there, I, I wouldn't be so surprised if they were missed, around eighty percent. One that you missed, which agree. is a tough one, is age. Age is one that you know you can't discriminate by age, color, race, mm-hmm. this, that. But age is one that just throws me off. Some of these guys are I mean, just like you're ancient. You're, you're done. Yeah, they're just ancient. Well, if you look at if you look at um, like obviously we don't. I don't like Pelosi or Schumer, right? But they've been in government for so long. Like, it's like, oh, hell of high water, you're going to make yeah. me lose my job. You know what I mean? And the system is structured as such to allow them to stay there. So, I just, yeah, I don't know. I think. But I agree with you. What's your earn? You know, your your earners for society are 28 to 55. That's your, that's your earning years in life. Mm-hmm. If you haven't made it by those years, you don't have a good chance after. Right. You've got to worry about that before. But. I don't need, like, personally, I don't need 84-year-olds telling me what to do with my life. No offense to them. They've done, they've uh-huh. given their enough to their life. You know, they're, they've right. they've given enough to the world already. I just, you know, I don't know why we allow somebody of that age to tell an 18-year-old what he has to do. Or a 25-year-old yeah, or a 30-year-old no, or a 40-year-old, you know. like I don't disagree. You know, I don't disagree. And also, what, what makes, you know, the Senate or whatever so much more important than the president. The president can only yeah. run, be in office for eight years, but the Senate can. You, it's unlimited. Yeah, yeah. It's that's a, it's a tough one. You know, she, she got basically Nancy Pelosi is like, she's basically akin to um, what would you call that? Like a, like a, a queen, like a queen of, oh, yeah. a, of a country. Yep. You know what I mean? She's a. I don't know, hesitate to say dictator. Don't get me wrong. Even like as bad as she is, there's things that she's done in her career that were good. You know, no, but I'm, but that's not the point. Good or bad, you know what I mean? There's people on the right that have been in there too long as well. Oh, 100 percent, both sides. You know, yeah. I just wish there was more youth. Yeah, like a lot more youth in it. Yeah, no, I do too. Just, just to bring a different perspective every day. Mm -hmm. And look, when was the last time did you ever meet Nancy? Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. No. Did you ever meet Trump? No. Did you ever meet Schumer? No. I never met any of them. You ever meet any of them? They are so far. I have been Trump's. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, yeah. But they're so far disconnected from reality. 
the everyday life. No doubt about it. Trump's close. He knows he's, he understands a lot of, he's disconnected in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But in general, everybody in the government is disconnected from their, right. the, the average Joe. And what the average Joe sees does and how they do it every single day. It's an elitist society. It's a 100% really, elitist. It's an elitist. And this is why I'm saying all those term limit things, those, those requirements for Senate, I think will help quell that. Yeah. Will help quell, like, you know, bringing in people that want to be there for the right reasons won't have a problem with those rules. I just think government in general is too big. It is too big. It's like, when, That's you, start, what I'm when you start thinking about Because there's not enough turnover. Yeah. When you start, have too much power. Yeah. When you start thinking that, you know, something can happen and they could just like insert $4 trillion at the flick. Mm-hmm. And you go, wait, hold on a second. How did you have $4 trillion? Like, right. And then there's just, it's endless. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no cap, you know, it just keeps going. And when you start looking at the balance sheet and you look at how much property they own, how many employees there are, I mean, that's why we have no manufacturing. Go work for the government. You get free health insurance, you get everything else, and you got a job for life. You got to kill somebody or say a racist comment to get fired. Mm-hmm. You're never getting fired from, you know, a, a city job unless you do something really wrong. Yeah. So it's it's all government at this point. I, wa- I wonder what percentage of the country works. I don't know. We'll find it out. For like, you know, if you mix the local city, state, federal. Right, right. all of it. You mix all of it together. People that work down at the courthouse. Everything. Yeah. I mean, what percentage is it? It's high. It's crazy. That's why when they say, oh, government shutdown, and you only need non-essential employees, everyone freaks out. You're like, because a lot of people are going to be home. I don't get it. It's way too big. But there's... It goes back to the same thing with manufacturing earlier. Well, the big, I mean, it's going to take as long as it took to build it that way. Yeah. It would take that long to, to change it. Yeah. And well, you know, the bigger the government, the more socialistic of society we're living. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's many different ways to look at it though. So that's why I try to take a different approach and look at it through other people's eyes too, mm-hmm. and understand how and why they think that way. I didn't understand that until I was 18. I started traveling out of the country. So I went to Germany I went to Amsterdam for some reason. And then um <laughs> and then I did a Put lot of travel. Yeah, yeah. Not the red lights, <laughs> the other places. <laughs> then I went to, you know, Mexico, Argentina, San Salvador, Alter Canada, Alter the you know, Alter Asia, went back to Italy, Greece, England, everywhere you go, like no offense to America. I am as American as they get. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care about us out right. there. Like they care about their country like we care about ours. And, you know, we say there's no propaganda here in America. It's a free, open media society. Like, bullshit. Like, we have just as much propaganda. It's just done in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until I really got around the globe that I noticed, like, yeah, America is the most badass country there is. But there's some other really badass countries. And they all do it their way, and it's a little different. And now I understand to look at it through a different perspective in certain ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Germany when we just started the Iraq war and I opened up a, a taxi and I was like, can you take me? And I just started speaking English and they just drove away. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess they don't really like Americans here. You know, like that's how bad it was at the time. Wow. The next day, uh, Bush was on the, the cover of the new newspaper with a Hitler mustache, you know, like, so like, Everywhere you go, it's a different perspective. And, you know, our propaganda is America is the greatest, the best at everything that you can do. We're awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome country. I love it. I love being free. Um, But there's other places that do things really good and a lot of places that do things better than us. And everywhere you go, it's a little different. You know, we forget about that sometimes. That's where that's the main thing. 
Yeah. Um, but there's many aspects of America that were really, excuse my French, fucked up bad. Mm-hmm. And government is, is one of them. A know. lot of overreach. Yeah. I love guns. Like, you know, I, I think everybody should own one, but like Germany had like four gun deaths last, last year. Mm-hmm. You know, like France had like three. Why is there none elsewhere? And we have doubt. I mean, how many people died of guns last year here? Mm-hmm. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands when you really look into it. Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere you go. It's a little different. It's weird. Yeah. The gun debate is, um, that's a tough one. You know, there's, um, I don't know if you want to even get into that. No, no, because I'm a gun owner. You, yeah, go, I mean, you go in my store, there's guns everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I there, mean, there's one on the counter full, at all times. We don't even hide the, it. Yeah, we're in full support of, you know, the right to bear arms. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, there are, I mean, there's other issues that in this country that we have that don't mix well with guns. No. And um, Substance abuse. Yeah. Mental de- health. Depression, substance I, abuse. I think mental health yeah. is actually our biggest issue. Yeah. I think that is our biggest issue. I no agree doubt about it. Yeah, and the reason being was so in the '60s, if you were crazy, where they send you to the loony bin. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's not politically correct to call it a loony bin or to even have one. Right, they're gone. They're all closed down. The you nut know? hut. Yeah, it's gone because it's not correct. Mm-hmm. We're all human. Well, you're fucking crazy, and you need to be treated. Mm-hmm. And we don't treat. We don't rehabilitate. We don't treat. All we do is either throw you in prison or throw you on the street. So we're getting to the real problem in this country, which Mental is health. lawyers. Scott Brook. No, <laughs> no not Love Scott, Scott. Love you, Scott. No. Listen, and it's, the, it's the law gets than... manipulated and changed and all these things, and then we have the, the, the effect. But the, lawyer, is, the lawyers aren't the ones making the laws. It's those damn people in Congress and Senate. And... They're all lawyers. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. But the lobbyists are the problem. Except for the, the Republicans are all former business owners yeah all the or democrats or lawyers yeah. yeah no it's mental health is a big issue it affects everybody even if you're sane everybody fights their own demons in their head yeah. everybody yeah i don't care who you are you know i fight it all the time mm-hmm. you can be the happiest person in the world and you're still fighting that demon so sure the, the difference is whether or not you're able to push it down or not yeah some people are not there's but the problem is like we can go on for ten hours and find a new subject every four minutes. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Oh, I thought we were done with this podcast like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my store's burned down like three times. No. That's all right. Um That's good, man. That's, that's, yeah, that's, like, that's a good me, thing when that like, happens. For me it's like uh you know, I so my my family was my mom was a single mom of four. Like we weren't broke, but like she wasn't wealthy. You know, we're single mom of four, it's not easy. And then um I chose the wrong path early on, like uh, really the wrong path. You know, got into drugs, got into trying to make money through drugs, all the wrong things you do. Dropped out of high school, no college. Like so you're a freelance pharmaceutical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and normally you mix all those things together, and it's not a good recipe for life. Mm-hmm. And I tell all the kids that come in my store all the time, especially all the little shitheads. I'm like, look, man, I'm part of the one percent. They're like, oh, you're rich. I'm like, no, 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 no. I made it out. I'm like, I'm the one percent that shouldn't be here right now that mm-hmm. made something of their life. And I said, it's a lot easier for you not to go down that road. You know, I got lucky. I got this ten dollar an hour job when I was eighteen that turned into a career, and it took uh, a lot of things to get there. But it's not the path, you know. Um, but like, so for me, some issues I have are 
our justice system in a different way than what everybody's out there doing. Like you're 18 years old. How many 18 year olds smoke pot? You know, like today's world, 70%, I think is the number uh-huh. and pots inexpensive. You know, you can go buy an ounce of some crappy pot for 50 bucks. And then you go down driving down the street and you, you know, went through that stop sign a little fast and now you're a felon. Uh-huh. You're 18 trying to get a buzz. Not going to kill anybody. Worst thing that ever happened for somebody smoking to do is getting the munchies, you know? But that 18-year-old is now a felon mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. Now, granted, there's some that can get, you know, a program or something to get them off it, but there's a lot that don't. Mm-hmm. And now, go try to get a job being a felon. A good job. You know, you're not getting it. So, like, that's a huge problem, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. I'm yeah. 100% agreement. Nonviolent crimes. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't care... <laughs> I don't care where, how you were raised, where you came from. If you were raised in Star Island or if you were raised in the hood, Pompano. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Pompton. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> you know, you're a shithead from like age 18 to 25. And the idiots are shitheads after. Right. But like, you're going to do stupid stuff. And. It goes back to no rehabilitation. It's like we just automatically deem you a criminal or deem you a bad person. And we, at that early stage of your life, ruin your life. Mm-hmm. And that's when the whole downward spiral starts. So you gotta, we, we have the ability to change that, that person early on. Right. Like I'm big on scare tactics. Like that's why I smashed my son's controller. Like, mm-hmm. that shit again, and I'm going to break the other one. You know, like, but sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we have the ability right there. To, to rehabilitate rehabilitate people. Yeah. In different ways, you know? Like just throwing them in jail or just making them a felon is like not the way. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, another big another big um big issue with, with our country too is um you know you're involved with your son. Like you're his dad. Oh, yeah. And he knows that. Yeah, right? I fought hard. But there are a lot, a lot of, of money. Scott, that new pool you got, yep. <laughs> there, there are a lot of kids in this country, um, especially in the minority um, areas, that they don't have a father. I think the number is like you know, some of the demographics; it's up to seventy percent. Yeah, no, it's, whether there's no father, the fatherless homes, and you know, no father in their lives. I had no father. That's a, that's a big problem. From a different reason, you know, my dad passed when I was young from cancer, but that helped send me down the wrong path. Yeah. Not having that figure there, you know, to stop it. By the time I, I was, I'm the baby of four. Mm-hmm. So by the time my mom got to me, I was like, shit, there was no chance, you know? Yeah. She was like, what do I do at this point? You Burnt know? out. Yeah, yeah. So That's why I said to my wife, I said, listen, don't take this the wrong way, but what would you do if I wasn't here? She goes, we got the two kids. She goes, that'd be very hard. I go, okay. Now, imagine seven out, out of every 10 houses in this neighborhood was dealing with the same thing. That same situation, that's, that would change the entire fabric of this neighborhood. Yep. She's like, hey, you're right. Yeah, it's, um, I don't think marriage as we know it exists. I don't think love as we knew it back in the day. All that, it's just a different society. And we need to figure out how to change to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Adam asked me all the time, Dad, can we have dinner, like me, you, and Mommy? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like we could do it? I said, yeah, why not? You know, now lucky I'm at that point now with her that we're able to do those That's things. Good. Yeah. 
And don't get me wrong, there's like, you know, four or five days a year where it's like War of the Roses still. Mm-hmm. You know, her, her fiance is like, hey, dude, like, chill out. I'm like, hey, dude, don't get him. Tell you that. Like, yeah. Hold on, dude. Like, back up, you know. So, um, but, you know. But you're, you're being a responsible, involved father about it. It's all about that. Like, yeah. so, like, I learned early on from Scott and early on in, like, my court case. Because obviously when we first split, Adam was five months old. Like, we hated each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that we love each other now, you know what I mean? But, like, I learned early on, like, it's not about me. It's not about her. It's about the kid. Right. And, like, people forget that. That it's not, you know, if, you, if you're going to make the decision to be a parent, that's your first, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of scumbag dads that people talk about. Oh, all this guy. There's a lot of scumbag moms, mm-hmm. you know, drug addicts, this, that. You know, moms that run off. There's a lot of dads that are raising kids on their own, you know. And, um yeah, parenting is not easy, whether it's one, two, three, four, however many people, kids you have. It's not easy at all. No, oh, man. You hear that, John? Yeah. Right? I, I know. So yeah. Adam's in my store all the time. about to venture off into the, into the world here, maybe. Oh, you got one on the way? No, no, but no, it'll be coming it. soon. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, all the time Adam's in the store, and, like, he'll he'll say, like, a, like a smart-ass comment or something like that, and I'll just, like, look at whoever's in the store at the time, and I'm like, that's why you wear condoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's right there. Like, there you go. You know, so like, yeah. like I love my kid, hundred percent. Never do anything to change that. But yeah, they're a lot of work. Did you see the meme going around with, about Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend? Mm-mm. After he said he was Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend, after he signed the contract, and she's like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, putting a pin yeah. in the condom. I don't shit, I'd have his kid right now. Yeah. <laughs> God, shit, what was dude. it? Five hundred and three million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yep. But you know what? If that's going to be the number, at the very least, I think he deserves to be the highest-paid athlete in all sports. I don't know. Uh, so people get mad when they see these numbers that these sports athletes are getting paid, and they always forget the first thing about sports. You know what the first thing about sports is? What? About ownership making all the money? No, it's a business. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah it's a business. It's a bit, if, if you have an employee that's going to make you money, mm-hmm. you're paying them. Right. And unfortunately, these are numbers that are crazy to most, but the business is crazy. Right. You know? So when the Yankees signed, traded for A-Rod, and then they re-signed him. At that time, it was a 10-year, $325 million contract. It's, like, absurd, you know? And people are like, oh, my gosh, how can you give this much money? They're like, Before that, like, the biggest contract was $200 million, and even that was absurd. Mm-hmm. And then there's a statistic that came out that broke down his contract and everything that comes with it for the team. So what they'll make back off of having him on that team and how they calculate what he's worth to offer him the contract. And over that time period, he would have made the franchise $485 million. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you give them 325 you make a quick buck 60 and it's a smart business decision. Right. But without him, you make zero or less based on a different player. And Mahomes is the face. Mm-hmm. They're going to bank on He's the face of the league right now. They're going to bank on that 500 As Tom Brady is gone, he's in. Riding off into the sunset. You're mad about that, aren't you? Gloriously. Yeah, yeah. I'm furious about that. I really wanted them to stay and get younger, actually. (laughs) So I'm a, even though I'm a Bills fan, so obviously I don't like the Patriots, but I'm a a realist sports fan. He's the GOAT. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. so I don't mind that. I, I I had Romberg on the show, and we were talking about it. And I said, yes, he is. I mean, he's done everything to prove that. 
you know, and I argue that I said, yes, you know, you put like a lot of other quarterbacks in the league in that same position that he would, they would have be just successful. And he told me to basically to go fly tight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I said, all right, well, I'll take that from you being <laughs> that, you know, you got your own radio show and you're yep. played in the NFL. Yeah, like, right, yeah, I take that, but you know, I don't know. I don't like Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, from on the, on the field perspective, I hate the guy, but yeah, he's the best I've ever played. Yeah. Crazy. Especially to do what he did at, Last year, year before, I mean, this guy's forty. I'm forty. I feel like I'm ninety. Mm-hmm. So, which is crazy because the guy can't even run. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he doesn't get sacked. Does he even run? Yeah, yeah. But you ever see him throw a ball into a window the size of the ball between two guys thirty yards down the field? Doesn't miss ever. Anyway, <laughs> he torched the <laughs> Dolphins a anyway. lot. The real deal bait and tackle <laughs> is located <laughs> on Commercial Boulevard. <laughs> so I went to uh, so my business travel. Obviously, I get to I used to I've, I've been to every city in this country. Like I said, many countries. So I'd always like plan my trips around like a sporting event that was happening. So I'm like, uh-huh. shit, if I got to go to Boston, I might as well go see a Red Sox game, you know. So it was opening night, Monday night, you know, the week one football. Bills were playing Patriots in, in Foxborough. I'm like, holy shit, I need to go up to see BJ's. That's where uh-huh. they're based out of. I'm planning my meeting for Monday at 5 o'clock. This way I have to stay till Tuesday, and I can go to the game. So I went. Bills come out to, like, a roaring lead, winning, like, 28-3 to three going into the fourth quarter. And then it was, like, the meltdown and super Brady comeback. Like, yeah. And I'm sitting there, like, I was that crazy loud fan. Like, I'm the Bills fan in the middle. Everybody wanted to fight me. And then I'm just like this the whole rest of the time. Like, it's like one touchdown. Okay, they're <laughs> yeah. 28-10. Then another one, you're like, okay, it's 28-17, but we're halfway through. It's like, oh, shit, it's 28-24. And then, like, 16 seconds left in the game, throws a touchdown, wins the game, 31-28. I'm like, this really just happened. Yeah. Like, it's it, there. It was at that, that moment that I was like, holy shit, this guy's the best. All but, right. So <laughs> we're going to move on. Oh, so I bought a Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, no. Signed poster last week no. at Jamie's listen, tournament. Yeah, I'm giving weird. that to you. Listen, this is I'm going to get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my Mark Duper and Mark Clayton guys right in front of me. Right, the Marx Brothers. Think about how many passes they would have caught if Brady was the quarterback. <laughs> really? <laughs> they caught a lot of passes. They did pretty good. Uh, so, anyway, they had a mediocre quarterback, though. All right, I'm gonna put them right up here, Shepard. <laughs> don't even, don't even, don't. You are not allowed to bad talk, Dan Marino. Uh, right? There's Duper and Clayton. So, hi, Mark. Say hi, Mark. That's great. Okay. All right. So, all right, we're gonna shut it down. With Duper and Clayton, right? And we're saying, do all your bait and tackle shopping at Real Deal, the innovators in all of South Florida in this industry. Nah, there's a lot of them. We're just trying to be a part of it. Yeah, you're doing a good job, though. Thank you. So I want to thank you for coming into the studio. No, I appreciate it. I want to see a lot more of you in here. Yeah, we'll come in anytime. Right. And then, um, all right. And don't forget, Buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, right? Every single one of them. I got Especially that new big screen of mine. Ram that's, trucks. Dude, Did you get the yeah. big screen? See, I didn't get the. See, see that's that's what sold it. me on switching to Ram. I was like a GMC guy three times in a see, row. And I, I, I saw didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait because I got the Rebel. Yeah. Right, and the, we only had the the smaller screen, which is still big. Yeah. You know what I mean? On a lot, I'm like, I don't want to wait. I'm like, I'll just take this one. Yeah, no, you know I, I, mean? I shopped for that screen. Yeah. I was like, you need a car with the, a truck with this, and then show me what you have that has this. And then yep. luckily it was like yeah. the perfect one. Yeah. You Thing got it outside? Badass. Yeah. I want to take a look at it before you leave. Oh, uh, it's like filled with like garbage and dirt. That's always my thought. Gross. It's, it's, the, um, yeah, but 
the Ram truck. Listen, I got to be honest with you. I never drove a Ram truck before in my life, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah Tundras and yeah. you know, whatever. Those thought those look cool. And I never really had any experience with Ram. I went over to Joey's and I sat in this Rebel and I test drove it. They're badass. I'm like, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? Like, this truck is insane. Yeah, yeah, this one that I got didn't have leather. And I'm like a leather guy because I'm a fisherman. and mm-hmm. I, I don't like uh, having a cloth for that reason. Right. He's like, don't worry. We'll just put leather in it for you. I'm like, I mean, yeah. he just made it so easy. Nice. Nice. Like, it was uh, maybe like a week after I got it, company came, they picked the truck up at my shop at 8 o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they dropped back off, and I had leather seats. I was like, can't beat this. It's yeah, crazy. that's awesome. So. Very, very cool. The uh, We're going we're gonna to give a little boost up to our friends at Papa's today. Right? So if you want bites. the best Wahoo Bites. Oh, my gosh. If you want the best seafood in town, Ugh. I swear to God, go see Papa's. Miss Papa's. Papa's Raw Bar, right? And they got the Papa Migos going on right now. There's mm-hmm. a food truck there in the old town in Pompano off Dixie Tracks in Atlantic. Go check it out. Support them guys because they have been working hard throughout all this. Right? It's shrimp very fried lo- rice. lot tougher for a raw bar. Yeah, shrimp, shrimp fried with the rice. Regulation. The shrimp fried rice is insane. Off Put the, the steak in it. Oh. Right? Good stuff. Everything there is good. As you, have you ever tried anything there that wasn't good? No. That's everything is everything is Troy's got a thousand. in. Yes. Cassie, they got a, a thousand. There was this one time he had uh hogfish. Sliders, mm-hmm. it's like, yep, it's ridiculous. It's phenomenal. I've and never had a bad meal. Did there. you know that the the whole entire sushi menu is connected by water sushi menu? Is it really? Yeah, we, they named the whole sushi menu That's after awesome. us, right? And they got a tzatziki roll in there, which oh, is yeah. which is which is Harris's operation. And yep. then we got the OCD I, um, the jumbalicious wet dream roll. So I I'd made a bet. What was this? Eight years ago with a friend on an election, and. Not to say who won or lost, but the bet was the loser had to buy the winner, Papa's, once a month for four years straight. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So we ate a lot of Papa's. Wow. It was great, though, because, like, we are both have kids, and, like, you mm-hmm. know, as you get older, you, you separate from your friends. Yeah. So it was cool because it got us together once a month. It cost me a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. It was $100 once a month, yep. man. That was a $4,800 bet, and you yeah. didn't even realize it. So. When Obama got elected? What was that? When Obama got yeah. elected? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Hope and change. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, yeah, that was good. It was. It, I thought it was a win-win, though. Like, yeah. I couldn't lose. Like, All right. The worst right. happens, I get Papa's. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. By the way, if you're going to do bets, do them like that. Well, I, I had the one one bet I did with when the Heat were, you know, the big three kind of yeah. thing with um my buddy when they were playing the Bulls in the during the playoffs and everything like that. He's up in Chicago. We had a whole thing going on like that, so. Um, he's. I had to send him Brew's room off to Chicago, days? and he had to send me down Lou Malnati's pizza from. Chicago. I love Lou Malnati's. Yeah, so like he, it's the best. So I got some pizza. Yeah, do that whole thing. So, yep. Yeah, they. Um, I miss those days for the heat. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was. A, it was a. So I lived. Time in, I lived in the right building there. right across the street, Marina Blue. Oh where, really? Where I lived during those those years. Yeah. And um, it was fun because you could just literally just feel the energy in the neighborhood mm-hmm. during yeah. nighttime. So. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was such a time capsule. I would get off of work, and I'd be like, I'd look on, like, StubHub. Like, you could find that one random ticket cheap right before the game. For, like, 15 bucks, I'd go to a Heat game. It was great. You know, my beef with the whole scenario was is, like, everyone complained about LeBron leaving Cleveland in the, in the beginning, but he fulfilled his contract all seven years. Yeah. And then he left after his contract was up. He didn't fulfill his entire contract for us. No. He signed a seven-year with a four-out opt. Yeah. And he took his four-out opt. Well, nowadays. That's the part I'm pissed about. Yeah, but nowadays they're. I don't even know why they do the ops because they're never opting in. Right. Unless they're terrible, which doesn't happen, don't even do them. 
Yeah. Now they're just signing one-year deals over and over again, waiting for the new. They know when the new, the new uh, salary cap's going to go yeah. higher or an change it. Agree. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm not mad at LeBron. Those are four fun years. I can't be too mad. I'm not mad at any of them. I really don't care. Like you said, with the whole Trump and the, the level that they're on, it's the same. They only care about yeah. us. I can only be, you know, whatever. There was a LeBron uh, documentary on uh, ESPN maybe like two weeks ago that I watched. Mm-hmm. Made you like look at him a little different. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. LeBron and Tom Brady are his favorites. Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. Who's your college team? My column number four. He's a Florida State fan. fan. All right. I got to go. This was a no, fun, no, 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 no. This a fun pot. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm, I actually, you know, I try. I'm, I'm actually a fan of both. I like the Hurricanes. I really do. Oh, it's, I just don't like the Gators, right? I just really don't. I, don't, I know. Yeah. Listen, I know the rivalry with the whole wide left and the wide right and everything like that. But I got a lot of friends that are Kane John, fans. You're a Florida State fan too. No, I'm a Miami fan. Okay, yeah, hardcore Kane fan. Hardcore here too. That's good. Sorry, right. I still love you. All right, listen, Florida State. Work with the what? Ugh. Your ego is not your amigo, right? Always do your best and let God do the rest, right? Remember to buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Remember to eat all your finest meals at Papa's Raw Bar. Don't ever forget that no matter what we're where we are, no matter what we're doing, right? We're always connected by water. Yep. All right, cool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Peace.